Welcome back to episode 66 of Warrior's Den. I am excited for this one because it's one of my old instructors, Marcus Torgerson, who is now a E3 uh, with IKMF, and he's on their global instructor team, so he goes all over the world and teaches Krav Maga for them. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, based out of Metro Vancouver. Uh, if you want to train with us, you can check out us us out at urbantacticskm.com. Of course, there are some restrictions right now, as many of you may know, but shoot us a message if you want to come and train. You can also check us out on Urban Tactics uh, Krav Maga on Instagram, Urban Tactics KM on Twitter, though that's more of a mirror of our other posts, and Urban Tactics Krav Maga on Facebook. There are many ways you can help support this podcast. You can, of course, go to utkmblog.com, utkmblog.com, and you can hit the support button on the menu, and that will give you several options how you want to support us in these trying times. Of course, many martial arts schools are struggling, and digital is the way to go, so I've done that. But if you like this podcast, you like our content, you can support us in three ways. You can go to utkmblog.com and hit support us, forward slash support us. You can simply donate money like that. But I'm not delusional, and I know a lot of people don't like to just do that. But if you do, as some already have, thank you very much. You can simply donate whatever, one time, monthly, uh, yearly. The more we have coming in, the more variety of content I can provide. For those of you who want something more tangible, you can go to utkmu. Dot com. That's the online website that I set up during COVID to provide uh, Krav Maga content as I teach it. Currently, the beginner and novice curriculums are up there in full. Still some little minor editing to do, but it's mostly up there. And the more I get support and the more you can, uh, more content I can do, I'd love to do more with that website, but time is limited these days. So the more people that support us, the more I can do. Um and it's meant, that website is meant to supplement either your Krav Maga training with UTKM or just to give you a different perspective or approach for curriculum or Krav Maga in general. Um, it's meant to go as a supplement to working with your Krav Maga instructor. The curriculum there is as I teach it uh, from all my training and different experiences. So if you want to get some perspective on how we approach things, you can go to utkmu.com and check out our beginner and novice curriculum. Hopefully by the end of this year, the advanced curriculum will be up as well. And then you just hit uh, membership and you can get uh, into it under the pricing tab. Sorry on that one. Another way you can support this podcast is you can go under the support us tab on utcampblog.com is a bunch of affiliate links for Amazon, mostly books. Perhaps I should put the book that Marcus was on up there. I'll talk about that in a sec. And a few other products that I personally use um, I'm not going to put stuff up there I don't personally use but if you want to get some of the stuff I use like Four Sigmatic Coffee or True Niagen Supplements you can click on the Amazon links and of course that will be great support to the podcast so option one simply donate money yay option two sign up for a paid membership at utkmu.com and see what we're all about or option three you can go to the affiliate links I have posted and purchase something that is there either any of those is fine of course, if you're in Metro Vancouver and want to train with us, again, UrbanTacticsKM.com for that website. UTKM blog for all my general ramblings. The older episodes of this podcast, by the way, 
because um, the only 10 are listed up there. So if you want to get the older episodes, you can see uh, on utkmblog.com under podcast and you see all the old episodes I have put up. So Marcus Torgerson is IKMF and is one of my old instructors. Now he has a new website. We talked about it later on. Uh, MarcusTorgerson.com. That's M-A-R-C-U-S-T-O-R-G-E-R-S-O-N.com. And the tagline of the website is walk with peace in your heart, love in your soul and violence in your head. And it was brought about as we discussed because he was featured into a book called 100 Deadly Skills Combat Edition. He collaborated with Clint Emerson, a retired Navy SEAL. So you can check out that book uh, through his website and the variety of uh, things Marcus has contributed to. There's some videos, etc. You can even buy some t-shirts off of Marcus's website, including the one he was wearing during the podcast, Hunt Your Local Pedophile, which is always funny. Well, pedophilia not, but the t-shirt, yes. And of course, Marcus being fan of Batman, some uh, st- other stuff. So you can always support Marcus by going to his website and uh, check it out and support him. So we we talked about a lot of things. We, you know, both me and Marcus are the kind of guys that are all over the place. So we talk about uh, attitude, kramaga, martial arts, life, what's going on in the world. This one's not too political for those of you who hate my politics. You don't have to worry on this one. It's not so political. We kept it fairly neutral. But here it is, nonetheless, Marcus Torgerson. Krav Maga is not just a self-defense system. It is a way of life. Warriors Den is a podcast for Kravists, fighters, martial artists, warriors, politicians, and general citizens. Consider this. The society that separates scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Lucididi. Your host, Jonathan Fader, talks to guests in an open and uncensored format about their fights, their philosophies, and their lives. No topic is taboo, and the conversation may start in one place and end in another. As the quote suggests, you cannot separate the warrior from the politics and the world around them, as a true warrior must be a student in all forms of art and science. Listening to the Warriors Day. Warriors Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions. Alright. So I am here with Marcus Torgerson, uh, IKMF uh, expert three now, right? Correct. Correct. Did I did my research today. Uh, and actually Marcus is one of my older Krav Maga instructors. And uh, I did a lot of my earlier training with him. So how are you? Well, it's a blast from the past. I'm uh, excited for this opportunity. Yeah, of course. It's hard keeping track nowadays with everyone. If it wasn't for Facebook, I would probably lose track of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, right there with you. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I thought we'd start with uh, your extensive martial arts background. Because you started quite young, and uh, you're on the uh, global instructor team for IKMF. So let's just go way back when and start with the beginning. The beginning. Well, uh, 1979, I was 10 years old and uh, started with Kung Fu. Like most kids, it's either Kung Fu, Karate, or Taekwondo. That's what everybody starts with. Yeah. And then uh, 
did that for a bunch of years. When in, in my mid-20s, I started doing a system of karate called Weichiru. Uh, did pretty good with that. Got to uh, second-degree black belt in that. And then took some time off. And 15 years ago, decided I wanted to be a student again. That didn't turn out. I ended up uh, not being a student. I ended up going right into uh, pretty much after three months of uh, uh, school in Vancouver doing Krav Maga. I ended up going to Israel and becoming an instructor. And 15 years later, here I am with my boy, Jonathan. Yeah. What, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what were you trying to study? <laughs> I was trying to study Krav Maga. I was trying to study Krav Maga, uh, but uh, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel right. Something about the school and just the way that it was going just didn't feel right. Yeah. And uh, I found out that they had nothing to do with Israel, Yeah. Uh, which, you know, for me is a big deal. Yeah. So uh found the IKMF and uh, it's been a roller coaster ever since. Yeah. Was there any particular reason at the time you picked IKMF over or other organizations? Well, there wasn't, there wasn't, I mean, there was really only two organizations. It was yeah. worldwide and then IKMF. Uh, yeah. And they were the ones on the internet that my girl, uh, that I was dating at the time, we popped up and they were the ones to, excuse me, they were the ones to, uh, to rock and roll with. Yeah. That was, uh, sorry, my mind is blank. I'm getting old too. <laughs> when, uh, when was that that you joined them? 2005 2005 yeah so KMG wouldn't have been around and uh no. IKMA wasn't very well known yeah I guess. well IKMA wasn't uh, out of Israel right At the they time? hadn't uh, yeah no very very few not in uh, not in North America for sure yeah yeah and, uh, and maybe maybe a few people in Europe but for the most part they were still internal to Israel yeah yeah that's uh, you know I Especially when I go, when I have been to America, I think discussing the various Kramag organizations gets super confusing <laughs> for a lot of people. And of course, yeah. you know, the politics, as with any martial arts, is uh, always fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm old now because I can basically say, you know, to hell with uh, politics. I have no time for it. I have no, yeah. I have no, no need to argue with it anymore. I'm done with that. Yeah, getting to that age. So you, uh, you were in Vancouver for a long, long time, right? Almost all of my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, with the exception of the last uh, ten years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, because you have extensive uh, nightclub experience in in this. I do. City. I do. I'm uh, many decades of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I miss I miss parts of Vancouver. There's things about Vancouver I miss. I miss mostly my friends. Yeah. You know, the guys that the ones that are still alive. I I miss them very much. But uh, not gonna lie, I uh, I'm happy in in Arizona. It's yeah. Very good for me. Right now. It's a lot warmer, I imagine, than here. We're getting as cold as it's been in Vancouver in a long time. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm in uh, flip flops and uh, shorts. Oh, I so, wish. Yeah. And a Hunter local yeah, pedophile no. shirt. People won't be able to see it because it's audio. No, only. they can't see it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, <clears throat> got to wear that. Put a smile oh. on my face. Yeah, of course. So how did the um, the bouncer nightclub experience contribute to your to your IKMF? Because I know you've been mentioning some books about it uh, and other, yeah. other interviews and whatnot. Yeah, good, good question. Um the one thing that being in a bar and you've, you've been in a few bars in your lifetime yeah. <laughs> by, by working, working them 
And then later on now in my life, I get to see, I really, I wish I was doing Krav Maga back then, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, yeah. It would have made my, my job a little easier from a combative standpoint. Mm, yeah. Um, but you definitely see what doesn't work and then what does work. Uh, now, because I grew up the way that I did, you know, street fights were, were a pretty regular occurrence. Yeah, back so in, I already in, had in, a was... really good idea of what yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. So different times, like when I grew up, that wasn't too much a thing unless you got involved into the gang thing. But then I hear, uh, you know, guys your age that I know who talk about East Vancouver in the 70s and 80s. And it was a very yeah. different <laughs> way different time, way different time. I mean, now now East Van's a fucking hippie central, yeah. you know, I, w I walked by my old area. I was like, my goodness, man, there's more vegan restaurants than uh than I have, I've, I've seen in my lifetime. It's it's changed, it's, yeah. There's always yeah, a part of me. There's always a part of me that's like, hmm, I should check out Texas or something. But you know, uh, I, I if you ignore people that you don't agree with in Vancouver, it's a pretty nice place to <laughs> just sort of yeah. speak yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's something that when I come back to visit, which as soon as this bullshit's over with, yeah. and the borders open up, you know, at the end of the day. That that philosophy, I think, should be the whole world will. If you just don't get into it with people that disagree with you, just let them be. Yeah. You know, your life is going to be better in general. Yeah. You know, it should be a lot fucking less stressful. Sorry, hey, I forgot about the swearing. No, I, you can totally swear. You. This is listed as explicit. I don't care. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Because trying to find a bunch of words where fuck, shit, and damn usually come in better. Yeah. Thank you. That's no, good. I'm with you. I uh, I believe in authenticity, and uh, you know, it's like there's that guy. I don't know if you know Gary V at all. Of course, yeah. 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 Gary I'm, V, I, I find, man. I find him very like he's not my kind of person, but what I love about him is his like I swear, stop telling me not to swear. I'm being authentic. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's uh, he, you know, he was a breath of fresh air for the longest time and now many people have caught on to the yeah. fact that just being authentic is the way to go yeah yeah well even you know i find today it's, it's actually hard people will still tell you don't be authentic and you're like yeah. uh <laughs> yeah you know yeah yeah and i well and again i'm not i hate bringing up the old guy thing but it really does play to my advantage right now because for the most part nobody's really going to tell me a fucking thing because yeah. I can pull the I'm older than dirt, so fuck you. <laughs> and and I'm not saying that I like if I'm I I just recently like last month taught a Chris, uh, a faith based mm. uh, rescue a uh, recovery people, and I didn't swear during the entire teaching because yeah. at the end of the day, know your crowd, right? Yeah, of you course. Know your environment, but yeah. you know me long enough that if I I have to if I have to hold that my hold my tongue for a long time. I, bad things will happen so. yeah yeah no and that's for sure like i relate to that i um you know we'll probably be all over the place on this one but like for you know mental health like i've battled some stuff in my life and i when i was on ssris for a few years for depression mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. i noticed my brain's capacity to censor was mm -hmm. was there but yeah. i didn't want to be on them for for a long time because uh, they're no. not meant for that they're meant for just no. a healing process like a little yeah. just a little short burst and, yeah you know i you know i tell my girlfriend now she's like why can't like if you're with people just don't don't say those things i'm like i can't it's compulsive do you want me to go back yeah. <laughs> like that's the only way <laughs> yeah you know? yeah and again 
as long as you're not being disrespectful to the person, right? Which is all that matters. If you're being true to you, then who gives a shit about anything else? Yeah. Love me for who I am and, you know, be, be gentle with my, uh, my, my (laughs) mistakes and fallacies. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I find, um, like, you know, I swear when I'm teaching, unless it's like a little kid's class, obviously, because usually parents don't take kindly to that, but I'll swear. Yeah. And you get occasionally a student that comes in and they just give you a weird face because they, yeah. they have this expectation of what a you know, martial arts instructor is of supposed course. to be like. And yeah. some people are like totally taken aback and they hate it. And some people are like, okay, I guess that's that. And, you know, the way I approach that in, in teachings, particularly adults, is if you can't handle me swearing in class, how are you going to handle a conflict where someone is screaming yeah. at you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, agreed. And you know, when you, especially with kids, I mean, obviously the age is is appropriate, but you know, you're getting kids that are 10, 9, 10, 11 years old, and they're being subjected to things now with social media and the internet and just other kids in general that are so advanced to when you were a kid or I was a kid. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't put them in a bubble anymore. It just doesn't work. They're gonna yeah. get killed. The internet was like I remember my, back in my day, you could totally talk to a stranger on the internet without having to worry too much. And now, uh-huh. now everyone's screaming at each other, and uh, all the incidents yeah. are occurring. Now, yeah, no, that's ridiculous. How has it been in the last few years to be in America? You know, as a Canadian, there it's been quite a wild ride down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has been, but you know. And I get this a lot from both sides, like Canadians asking me about being an American, and then I get Americans asking me about Canada. And, you know, the facts are, are this, that when it comes to religion, politics, those two things alone, mm. it's not exclusive to one country or another for a bunch of dipshit assholes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's things about Canada that I'm not really fond of as a me country, <laughs> right? But I still, I still bleed a Canadian. I, I'm, I'm still Canadian. Yeah. And there's things living here, in America that I'm not a big fan of. And hopefully next, uh, hopefully this year I'll get my naturalization to be an American citizen, which right. I'm very excited for. Yeah. You know, a, a country is not the sum of its problems. It's the people and the mentality. And every country has fucked up idiots in its country. <laughs> Yeah. So you can't, you know, and I get this a lot. Oh, America's this and the president that and your laws are this. I'm like, look, man, turn the mirror back to your own country and look yeah. how fucked up it is with how you deal with things. Before yeah. you start shitting on other countries, take a look in the mirror. Yeah. And I would say that to all my Canadian friends, yeah, especially right now, look in the mirror before you yeah. start throwing shit. Oh, I 100% agree. You know, I... I you know, I, it's hard for me to avoid politics because it's like my thing. But when I'm teaching self-defense, you know, if someone comes in and says Vancouver is such a dangerous city, I'm like, no, it's not. Like, have you traveled in the world? You know, yeah. even downtown east side, people complain it's it's not that dangerous compared to even a lot of American cities where they have major homeless problems. And I, yeah. I'm just like, I find Canadian, we're extremely educated, yet, and, and, and to be unfair, I found this in Israel, too is that people don't really understand other cultures and other countries and other rules as well as they think they can. And from like a self-defense perspective, I'm like, oh yeah, you think those little kids are just being friendly? No, they're, they're robbing you right now. And if you take go, go with a a Canadian uh, mentality, you're going to get screwed over in a lot of places that you travel, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. And, and 
I think there's that misunderstanding also that all Canadians are friendly, right? There's that, <laughs> nope. I get, hey man, I get it a lot. I'll say something and I'll get from somebody, regardless of whether it's in this country or another one, they're like, wow, I thought Canadians were friendly. I'm like, you're retarded. <laughs> sit there and, 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 and generalize an entire culture. That's yeah. like saying that all Israelis are good people. Yep, yep. Right? Come on, yep. man. There's fucking assholes everywhere. It doesn't matter whether it's Israel or I I'll give you a perfect example. So back in the day, uh it used to be Vancouver was really nice and understanding and Toronto was filled with assholes. That was like the the whole thing. I've come home to Vancouver had numerous altercations verbally with people who are just fucking being losers. I go to Toronto and I'm having the best time of my yeah. life filled with a bunch of cool people. So like these, these small minded ways of thinking just frustrate the shit out of me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, yeah. look at, look at the facts. Like, like if you're going to take one source of information, look at the opposing side and see what's yeah. sort of in the middle and you'll start to see, to start to see what's going on. And you know, it's, the way I teach Kramara is, is, is a lot different than it used to be because I think we're in a globalized world and Vancouver is relatively safe. I, my approach to teaching self-defense in general now is, okay, I'm going to teach you the physical stuff because that's what you're here for, but I want to teach mentally how to critically think and, and are you being lied to or, or you know, your travel politics in the world a little bit. People don't like that too, too much. But I'm like, hey, who yeah. likes to travel? Canadians. Like, where are you going? Like, are you yeah. going to Myanmar right now? That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I'm right there with you. I, I think that the when, it, when you start talking about self-defense and teaching, the hardest part to get people to grasp is the number one reason why they're taking the classes in the first place. You're yeah. taking them because you don't want to get your ass kicked. You have gotten your ass kicked. Um, and there's a lot of emotional and, and well, let's just say there's a lot of emotional garbage that comes with why you're coming to, to learn. Yeah. So to not access that and just, okay, here's some burpees and some punches and some kicks and here, defend against this knife attack. Like that's, I think it's, I'm happy to hear you say that because you're not giving your students the best version of you if you're not touching on those subjects yeah yeah and it's you know it's it's certainly uncomfortable especially in a city like vancouver if you touch on certain yeah. topics they kind of get like eh, and you're like okay you know as you mentioned people come in with with issues they got assaulted you know i've had i've had uh you know women and men who've been assaulted before and you can tell they're uncomfortable and and my hope is that to me, Kramaga is an exposure therapy. The more you get exposed, it's a relatively safe environment. Your, your nervous system will calm down. But sometimes it's uh, maybe you're not ready for this yet. It's not your stage yeah. of, of healing. Unfortunately, I don't know what it's like down there. Uh, therapists here are really lazy and never yeah. reach out to me. And obviously, yeah. I can't reach out to them. But they obviously have to talk with the client. And I ta I've talked to my uh uh, people before I'm like, Hey, have your therapist talk to me. Never do. Right. No, no. And they never want to do it. No. And, and if I'm having spoken to several therapists, you know, their, their confidentiality yeah. is what they use as their excuse. But at the end of the day, they just don't want to fucking know. They don't no. care. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, I think that that's the beautiful part about, obviously I would say Krav Maga, but martial arts in general or any martials type of sciences it is the best therapy you could ever ask for. If you're, in, if let's say you have anxiety about being in groups, well, 
after, you know, a few months of taking classes, um, that goes away pretty quick because if you're doing jujitsu and you're rolling on the ground with one guy and then you're doing shark tank and then you got a fucking or shark bait or whatever the fuck it's called, whenever you're going over and over and over, you can't have anxiety about groups because you're getting, it's being dealt with regardless. Um, therapists, fuck there. I don't even get me started on that. Yeah. I mean, there's some great ones. Like there's some great martial arts instructors, there's some great police officers, there's some great everything. But the assholes, holy Jesus, is there a lot of those. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you're aware, I went to school for psychology, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, so part of, like, I thought, like, you know, I'm dealing with some stuff. I want to learn about the human mind. And uh, going to school as an older person, I'm not that old. I was, like, I started when I was, like, 25, I think. Yeah. And it's, like, it's already a huge gap. And, uh and I started to learn that a lot of the people who go into therapy or psychology don't even sort out their own shit before they're already yeah. advising other people. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the things they teach is don't associate with your disorder, right? You don't walk around saying, I'm John, I'm depressed, or I'm John, I have anxiety. And right. ironically, that's what I find all of these students and new generation therapists doing. And it's like, yeah you're doing the thing that the, all the research shows not to do. And you know, right. that's why I think we have this society now. We're like, I have anxiety. You need to treat me this way. It's like, no, you need yeah. to figure your shit out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree a million percent. And I think the truth is, is that you, you get a bunch of people who are not dealing with their shit. Yeah. And it's always easier for me to point something at you. Or was that old? One finger at you, three pointing back at me. Yeah. Um, but it's easier for me to point at you and shit on you for all your whatever shit you got going on and making myself feel better as a result of it. You know what? That's, I don't think that that's changed since any forever. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, there's people walking around three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred years ago doing the exact same bullshit. We're just so immersed with the ability to have you know, the internet, everybody's got a fucking opinion and nobody's getting punched in the face. Yeah. Right. I go and tell you, Hey, Hey fader, you know what? I think your fucking beard is stupid and you're a loser. Well, it's easy for me to do that now. Right. I'm on the phone with you. Yeah. You can't hit me. You can't do anything. Let me see, you know, say it to your face. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'll tell you what, smash headbutt to the face. <laughs> oh, well, uh, and I'm not talking about bullying behavior. Like, you know, everybody should have the right to express how they feel. Yeah. But if you're, if my expressing my how I feel is in a way to put you down to push me up, well then yeah, I got a fucking problem with that because there ain't no reason for that whatsoever, yeah, ever. And that's and that's a blanket statement that goes to every aspect of my life. Yeah, and I think well, first of all, my girlfriend would agree with the beard comment. I'm growing it out because it's a little cold, but <laughs> uh, but uh, the I think I was thinking about this is that bullying never went away like back in your day and even to degree my day it was physical and that was it and it's just shifted to a culture of bullying and people don't realize that politicians are bullying you uh, the internet twitter warriors are bullying you and nobody's addressing this as a bullying problem as opposed to oh this is just politics and you you're wrong it's like no this is a bullying problem right now You know, like there's a there was a thing I can't even believe it's a thing. I had uh, my roommate actually told me about it, and then it popped up on some of my socials um, about a natural roast day where yeah. you 
put something out there and you allow people to roast you. Yeah. And I, I said this to him. I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard. Um, I can't believe that that's actually a thing. And I can't believe people are encouraging it because that's the problem that we have with our society right now. I have a very special little girl in my life. She's not little. She's a teen. She's <laughs> 15 now. Um, and I remember uh, she would post videos of her singing, beautiful voice. And then she would take snapshots of people's responses. They would send her messages. You should kill yourself. Yeah. You're the worst singer ever. Now, obviously, my first instinct was to get the IP addresses for those people <laughs> and set them on fire. Um, but with the Internet being the way it is, I wouldn't want to be a teenager in this day and age right mm -hmm. now. You couldn't pay me. You could say, Marcus, I'll give you a trillion dollars. And there's no fucking way I'm going through my teen years right now with the way things are there's no way i i couldn't do it now that's i don't know how these kids are able to stay alive yeah because you've obviously been teaching way longer than me have you noticed a difference in teaching teens from today than say 10 or 15 years ago i've noticed i've noticed a difference in the people coming to do the instructor courses mm -hmm. right so you get people that are in their early 20s mid 20s you know their um their reasons for doing it are well they're still the same as they have been forever when you're starting to get some dialogue with what they're what they had to grow up with yeah you know their first thing is well you know the internet and because i didn't grow up with the internet yeah right i had all my other bullshit that i had to deal with but the fact that everything is whatever you say, it's there forever. You can't delete it. It's never gone forever. Yeah. Um, you know, they're when they're coming to learn to teach, it's their whole thought process is different. And I've had to I've had to adapt to be a little more empathetic yeah. with my teaching, which is a funny word because you've learned from me. You know exactly empathy yeah. is not something that I'm definitely no sympathy, but empathy is a is a learned trait for me. Yeah it's it's a it's a rough fucking go anybody's been alive you know in the last 20 years yeah holy shit they've had a rough go of it man yeah yeah and you know it's interesting you talk about that like i am not empathetic either and uh for whatever reason i don't know i haven't found the source of that and i have found like you know going i i left university i never finished my degree because i can't deal with these these i don't know pillow people like some of the okay. things they believe and think i'm like this is absurd and i had to leave um it's not even scientific anymore but like some of the things people on the left or some of these ideas i'm like they're actually good ideas they just yep. don't know how to execute them and the empathy thing often when it's taught is taught in the most woo woo bullshit yeah. and people yeah. like you and me do not resonate with that and yeah. i've been trying to work on ways how can i integrated into the way i teach because i that's the way things are going and, and got to deal with it and it's like you know yeah. i take the, uh, the, the the mental awareness color code like the jeff cooper model yep i've integrated yep. that and i say you know all this is is uh what is the word they use i'm blanking uh mental awareness ah oh, there's a word they use i hate in the universities um mindfulness Okay. Said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I said yeah. all. It, all this is is mindfulness, and yeah. but from a combat perspective. Yeah. And yeah. when you reframe it like that, it's all of a sudden not so woo woo. It's just saying, hey, be aware of your nervous system. What yeah. state is your nervous system in? 
And this will actually help you both in a, in a physical self-defense perspective. If you can calm your nervous system, you can make a better decision. And right. also, if you're emotionally you know, traumatized, you can also do it. But if they start talking, you know, hippie meditation and chakras, and I'm yes. like, what? You don't, I don't even think you know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. I think, I think it's funny that, you know, we talk about lefts and rights yeah. and I'm going to go with, you know, a bird is flying, right? Yeah. It's got a right wing and it's got a left wing, but you need one. You can't fly with just one wing. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. So you need both of those wings to move in a forward direction. And this world has always been polarized to do two. You know, it's always, is it a Big Mac or a Whopper? Is it Coke? Is it Pepsi? Is it coffee? Is it tea? You know, and then you have the outliers who are like, I like orange juice or whatever, but which is great. But we're always going to have two people that have a difference of opinions on some subject where I have a frustration. And this is this has come in the last probably 10 years is there is no right and wrong. There's only well, on one subject only, which we'll get into that. But at the end of the day. Your opinion is your opinion, and I can at least listen to it, hear what you have to say. Whether I agree with you or not is not the issue. The issue is I'm going to pay you the respect possible to hear what you have to say. You do the same for me, and then we can just agree to disagree or find a common ground or whatever. This whole fucking like five-year-old stomping on the ground, no, my way is right. No, you're stupid. You're All of that stuff is absolutely ridiculous because it is never in history has it ever worked. Yeah. ever yeah so fuck you and you're pushing your bullshit on me because it's not gonna work yeah now i feel sorry for the young people who don't have life experience to be able to form their own thoughts and they're getting their information from fucking twitter i'm <laughs> like are you retarded yeah source out your in information now in my opinion i don't believe anything that comes out of anybody's mouth when it's online or politicians or uh, for that matter, anybody who's telling me that it must be this way. When you say must, yeah. you're going to lose me yeah. because there is no must. The only thing I must do is try to, I don't even have to do this if I don't want to, is to try to live as long as possible for the one thing that will happen is death. Yeah. That's the only must is I know I'm, I'm I know I'm going to die. That's the yeah. only certainty. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a frustrating time right now, you know, with fucking COVID and just people in general are so fucking retarded that, it's 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 easy. I feel I feel more empathy for introverts now than I think I ever have because I don't blame you. I'm gonna fucking stay in my little castle and I'm just gonna watch my fucking movies and to hell with everybody else because they're yeah. all fucking losing their treat. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was listening to something and they said only sit still in absolutes. You know, the evil people only deal in absolutes yeah. essentially. Um, right. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you're right on the, the introvert thing. Like I've done tests. I'm, I measure as extreme extrovert. And yet I've noticed in the last 10 years, I don't want to be around people. <laughs> right. Because yeah. it's just, that's my defense mechanism is, you know what? My mouth too gets me into so much conflicts with people because I'm like, listen, I don't want absolute. Let's have a discussion. And people get so annoyed when you throw in information they've never heard of. And I just yeah. started being like, you know what? I'm going to just chill with my girl and be at home and just yeah. leave me alone. I'll go out and teach yeah. and, and do jujitsu. And that's it. I don't want to deal with any, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Now, it's funny because 
um, people would think that I am an extrovert because of what I do for a living and how I am. But for the most part, I'll be, I'll be like the life of the party and act like an idiot and do everything like that I need to do. But my gas tank goes empty quick nowadays. Yeah. So I'm like as quick as possible. Leave me the fuck alone. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to see anybody. Um, and I, I just, I find it, I find it fascinating how uh, people behave and what yeah. the truth of, the, of who they really are is comes out. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause you know, when I was younger, I had quite the temper and I've, you know, it's still there in there, but I didn't know how to fight and I was always concerned yeah. that I was willing to do the violence though. So I always kind of removed myself away from it. And now as you learn, you're like, well, I was willing to be violent back then and I'm capable of it now. And so, you know, with people like me and you, where we do have mouths, we can't control other people. We don't understand, yeah. you know, that thing I said to my friend doesn't bother them, but it might end up in something. And it's just like, I don't want to get, with the arguments that could lead to something worse. So I'm just like, yep. I'm not going to do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. out of here. Exit stage right. No, I agree. Honestly, yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. No, I remember because I was just thinking, how, how is your jujitsu? Have you been working on it over the years or is it kind of um, a, a side thing? It's a, you know, I, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I get to be around some of the best jits people on the planet. Yeah. So whenever I'm in a in a state or in a country where there's a guy or a girl who's doing it, I get on there and roll around a little bit. And I'm mostly just because of the fact that I I don't want to I don't want to end up on the ground. Yeah. But if I am on the ground and I'm with now, see the funny part is if I'm on the ground, I'm with a guy who's a jujitsu guy. I'm yeah. fucked anyways. Yeah. So. You know, my my go to is always going to be grotesque violence if I can get a chance. Yeah. Um, but the, and the good news is, is I'm, if I'm on the ground and it's just one guy, well, he's either going to, I'm not going to tap. So he's either going to fucking put me to sleep or break something. Yeah. And there's not much I can do about that. I, yeah. I love jujitsu in the sense of, I, I, I love the, I love the chess part of it, mm. but I'm a checkers kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So when I start talking to, you know, brainy motherfuckers like you, at the end of the day, I, you're, I'm going to always be off of the conversation because of the fact that you'll start thinking three or four steps ahead. Yeah. And I'm just not that guy. I, I deal with now, maybe five seconds from now, and then I'm looking for the out. Yeah. Right. And that's how I teach Krav Maga. Yeah. Deal with now open create an opportunity for escape and get the fuck out of there so yeah. that to answer your question long-winded i i do little bits of it just to make sure that i when i'm speaking i'm speaking as authentically as possible yeah. about my experience with that subject yeah yeah because i know uh when i started krav like ground obviously the strategy is don't go to the ground, stay off the yeah. ground, don't go to the ground. Yeah. And I still 100% agree with that. Um, I was exposed to jujitsu and, and I didn't, I was like, oh, you know, UFC. It's like, oh, I really want to learn this. It looks cool. And then I did a seminar with a uh, world champion woman, uh, Alana Aleziger. And I just watched this woman like run through 20 grown men bigger than her. And yeah. um, I just had this realization that if everyone is learning grappling nowadays and it's quickly becoming the, the most popular martial arts globally, wish Krav yeah. but it's not. Um, yeah. You could run into a monster and. Oh, without a doubt. And the Krav Maga yeah. might not be enough anymore if you're a fish out of water on the ground 
And so, yeah. you know, I, I'm almost a brown belt. I, I consider myself a, a, a gatekeeper grappler. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, I'm going to destroy you. But if you're like a young buck athlete who's just naturally gifted, I'm going to struggle. And then I pull guard and I'm lazy. Um, right. But it's the realization that you need to have a certain level of grappling, even if you don't want to go to the ground. I, I've trained with white belts who are just freak athletes. And it's like yeah. hitting a freight train. And yeah. I realized I need to get my grappling skills to such just enough that I can hold them off for 30 seconds so that I can employ my Krav Maga and, yeah, and yeah. violence. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think uh, if I could go back in my, in, I don't, it is a regret. If I could go back, um, I would have, when I went and did wrestling in high school, yeah. I would have continued with it because you can say anything you want about jujitsu or whatever. There's no better sport, in my opinion, than wrestling. Oh, there it's, you it's get a good wrestler, yeah. Yeah. you're fucked. Oh, you're yeah. fucked in ways that you don't even know. Yep. So, um, yeah. and I've been trying, actually, I've been trying to, um, while I've been in Texas, I tried it a little bit. And now I'm here in Arizona. I'm trying to find like a, you know, an over 50s wrestling club that will, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's and there's not a lot of them out there and the guys that are over 50 are usually wrestlers for the last 40 years. I don't want to be with those fucking nope. guys. Yeah. A good you know, wrestler but, is a nightmare. They're Oh yeah. They're yeah. animals. <laughs> oh fuck yeah. Yeah. And and there's and that so in in a perfect world I I would have wrestled and gotten very familiar with wrestling because yeah. I just feel that that would have made me a more complete fighter yeah, for lack yeah. of a good word oh yeah like i i've actually you know, my school is more the, the where i do jujitsu is more more jujitsu but there's a couple guys who've done wrestling and they're really good wrestlers and it's like yeah. man you actually need to learn that too because uh it's a different way of moving and if yeah. you get good at wrestling you can actually stall out most jujitsu people yeah uh a lot and and some of the bigger guys in my club that have they're just their jujitsu skill is equal to mine but they're they're bigger than me and i find actually when i start to try to wrestle them they struggle because yeah. all of a yeah. sudden now i'm a little quicker than them not that quick yeah. i have bum knees you know i'm early 30s and my knees are already wrecked <laughs> um, oh, fuck. it uh it, it getting that little bit of everything it, it you know it comes back to that kramaga mentality like learn a little bit of everything and, and just sort of yeah. see what's out there you know yeah. Yeah. And I think that, and there's going to be some students that gravitate towards certain things easier than others. And as long as they're, as long as they're getting a good understanding of all fundamentals of each of those things, regardless of whether it's weapons training, jujitsu, boxing, striking, whatever you want to call it. I, I, where I get frustrated is where they separate, okay, we're going to do boxing or striking skills and then we're in your Krav Maga. There is no fucking striking skills in Krav Maga. Yeah. It's all it it's all one universe. Yeah. So let's stop segregating. I'm a huge anti-segregation guy. <laughs> I hate I, I am wonder a, why. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if there's a if the, and I've had arguments, a lot of discussions heated discussions with other Krav Maga people who are like, yeah, well, you know, tonight's going to be Krav Maga and next night is going to be striking. I'm like, why are you, why are you separating the two of them? Your Krav Maga people should be lethal with uh, kicks and, and hits. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a reason why TIE, TIE fighters are so effective. Now, am I 
only about Thai? Fuck that. You put, you get some savat guy, some French guy that's got feet from fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme wicked. You're not going to fucking stop that guy because he can strike with his hands and kick the shit out of you with his feet. Yeah. And so why, I, why separate, man? Yeah. I, I totally agree with that sentiment. That's what I've done with my curriculum is you're going to learn boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, judo, weapon stuff in the entire integrated yeah. program. I'll still, though, encourage go do boxing, go do kickboxing, yes. go oh do jiu-jitsu yeah. because yeah. We're, lear- we're learning as generalists in Krav Maga yeah. and they may not yeah. know what it feels like to be with a pro fighter or a pro boxer yeah. or a pro. So I'm like, go, go train with them. Like one of my instructors, yeah. he does boxing. And, you know, when we come around to the boxing stuff, you know, he's a better boxer than me. I'm like, hey, you, you do some boxing yeah. stuff. With them. No problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I stick to my basic stuff, you know, one, two, three, four hooks. Yeah. style yeah. but i'm like you know what let's throw in some other stuff uh to diversify the skill sets well we need to be like take judo for example i don't i'm not the biggest fan of judo as a, a self-defense option in the modern world because no. it's too hard to learn it can go wrong really fast but mm-hmm. i still teach basic i teach four basic throws because to me they're the most common sort of positional that you'll end yeah. up in and I find yeah. if you can just teach them the basics, they can defend themselves well enough against a judokin to start throwing yeah. that punch. So you don't. Well, and again, and you know, to the, again, with with any Krav Maga mentality, if I know that this person's a judo person, why yeah. the fuck am I going to sit there and go toe to toe with yeah. them in their universe? Like yeah. that's stupid. Yeah. But if I'm on the street and I have three guys and I can fucking, I can toss this one guy in such a way that when gravity hits that cement, he's out of the fight at least long enough for me to go to the next guy or run. Well, fuck yeah. Why not? Big sweep the fuck out of them people. You know, it's, it is a hard sport to learn. Now, that being said, if we could get, and I've, you know, if you get somebody who's my age, 50 plus, who's never fallen in their life and you're teaching them in judo how to fall, you're saving them a whole bunch of fucking lifetime of headaches. Yeah. Um, but to, and this is where I have a problem with, you know, they're like, well, Marcus, why are you so not big on sparring? I'm not big on sparring because that's not Krav Maga. Yeah. Krav Maga does not help. Like sparring will help my Krav Maga in the sense of, you know, I can, I can get hit and hit back and not get hurt. Yeah. But it doesn't help me when there's three guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if I get in the habit of going toe to toe with you and getting my hands up and being ready to fucking bob and weave and think I'm fucking Roy Jones Jr., I'm going to get knocked the fuck out yeah. because somebody's going to come from behind and boom, I'm done. Yeah. But it has value. Sparring has value. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm uh, with you and I'm not with you to a degree. Uh, I don't see the obsession with sparring at the higher levels because you should know how to no. fight. So for me, yeah. you, need, you have to spar at the earlier levels because I've seen what happens to people who've never been hit in their face. And I've seen yeah. what happens to people who don't know their ranges and don't know what's too big for them. So I have my guys spar for the first few few years. And then after that, I'm like, yeah. if you don't want to spar, I don't care. Because you just yeah. need to know your ranges. You need to know you can take a punch and give a punch. And beyond that, it's not that important if you're like a yeah. world-class kickboxer. No, I, and, I'm, and I don't disagree with that at all. I think that <laughs> if, if 
in Krav Maga, we have one drill that is the most important drill. If you had to fucking put a gun to my head, the zombie drills. Zombie yeah. drills are the best fucking drills. Now, I can take zombie drills, put gloves on, and we can make it a sparring zombie drill. Yeah. All of a sudden, your realities are going to be greatly <laughs> opened yeah. about what you can and cannot do. You know, I can't when fight five people time. who are going 100% for more than a couple yeah. seconds. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so I think that there's... I think there's value in going toe to toe with protective gear. Yeah. As long as you're willing to accept the fact that when it's time to go, when it's really green light go time, yeah. it's not going to be anything like yeah. what you've experienced on the mat ever. Yeah. And no. that's, I think that that's the hardest part to get the student to understand the difference between all the um, symptomatic issues that happen when you're, involved in a real fight yeah. versus any type of training at all on the mat yeah i was gonna say that like that i've found consistently the 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 mental the ability of people to comprehend mentally the difference between a drill a uh, you know a nervous system thing a real life how it applies uh is so hard to teach like for example i had a, someone in my life who was an amazing muay thai practitioner amazing yep. athlete yep. and they had their house broken into with guns and knives because someone got the wrong house some crack or actually some crackhead lived there before and owed some gangsters money right. and he did the right thing was jump out the window and book it yep. but then when i and our other friend got who doesn't know how to fight got stabbed three times luckily he survived but it's it's talking to a lot of even MMA people or, or martial artists who in the gym mop the floor with me, but I'm like, yeah. you really understand there's a mental difference between yeah. the real world. And it's, it's one of the hardest things to get people to understand who haven't yeah. experienced, you know, that kind of, and I, and I have, to be honest, I've had a pretty safe life, but right. for whatever reason, it's in my head. Like I might have yeah. to kill someone. I'd rather run. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how you approach teaching that because I've found that to be, since I've met, obviously, since we, I trained with you, I, I find that one of the hardest things to get into people's heads. Yeah. 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 Well, and uh, I, I, so it's by asking a simple question, usually in most of these courses, um, or, you know, when I do, I mean, I had a school for five or six years in Texas with my ex wife that, you know, you, you ask a simple question Have you ever, had, has violence come to your house? I mean, by house, I mean your your you, you. Has violence come into your life? Um, and then there you'll get scales of well, violence happened when I was in elementary school. Yeah. Violence happened when I was a young adult. Violence happened to me when the door got kicked in at three yeah. in the morning and three guys with guns came in. Yeah. So when you and then you have people who have had no violence, none. They're like, no, I've had a charmed life. Okay, well when I have those different pools of water, I know where I can push buttons to get what I need out of it. The hardest part is aggression and accepting the fact that you are going to be powerless at some point in time in that exchange. Yeah. And by powerless, I mean, at some point in time, you're going to freeze or, or shut down. Now the difference is how do we get them to, get out of that freeze in the quickest amount of time possible mm. and that there's no general answer to that you can't say well tonight's class 
everybody is going to respond the same way because we're all identical physiologically and or psychologically we're all fucked up and we all have different ways and we have to find our own buttons to push to get past those uh get past those blocks yeah yeah um but aggression is by far the hardest part hardest thing that i've had to teach yeah. because in general the world has more nice people than bad people yeah right and the yeah. problem is is the bad people make the most noise yeah and the bad people get the most what they want in this world because of the how kind everybody is yeah yeah so yeah. um i've been talking a lot with tony tony blower oh yeah 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 I should I should you ask know, him to come on too. I follow should, him. I follow a, a lot actually. Yeah. Oh, he's a fucking legend. Like yeah. he is, and he's a Canadian, so you know it's easy to sit there and uh, be able to <laughs> chit chat with him on a. You know, he's a little older than me, so if he listens to this, you know, you're a little older, Tony. But now Tony's <laughs> Tony's forgotten more things about the the chemical effects to violence and how it ap applies to human behavior than yeah. I'll ever know in my life. Now he's a smart motherfucker. He's he opens his mouth and I'm like, Tony, you're, you've lost me because <laughs> you're using words this big and you're 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 fucking like you're kind of like Stephen Hawking in a way, man. You're, <laughs> you've got this whole fucking grand scheme of understanding. But I I think that all students of any type of martial science or martial behavior should invest time to learning about the I don't like using the word psychology, but the 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 mental and chemical aspects yeah. of violence when it affects us because yeah. if you know that then you can't you don't have the fear of shutting down because you understand how it works and and how you individually can change your response to when that violence happens yeah oh you said a bunch of things i want to break down um i want to go back to a second about the um teaching people to be violent I've actually yeah. found for a variety of reasons, it's more difficult to deal with a student that has too much aggression and violence for whatever reason, because right. they become a bit of a safety hazard versus someone who's willing to learn to be violent. Now I've, yeah. I've had students who like, they, they just tap the pad. I'm like, you can hit harder and they have some, yeah. something going on. They refuse, but I've found it's more easy. It's generally better to get people to realize they can be violent than someone who's a little off in the head and bring them down if you know what i mean right right yeah um well so see now it's weird because for me when i see somebody who is already violent yeah. and they're becoming that safety hazard grabbing them by the fucking throat and saying listen yeah. you are fucking up everything right now and you're mr big fucking gorilla tough guy and you're scaring this person right here how does that benefit in a team environment? How does that benefit your teammate? Yeah. Because a lot of times, now I'm not taking ego into it because ego is a lot of times when you have an, a huge amount of aggression and you're going to show everybody just how fucking tough you are. You know, at the end of the day, that can be rectified privately and, and you know, letting them understand where they are in the food chain. Yeah. Right. You get a lot of fucking macho tough guys when all of a sudden you close the doors of the office and you're like, okay. Let's go. We're going to go right now in this office. Yeah. I'm going to show you just how fucking small you are on this planet. Yeah. Now, that's, that, that isn't always the right answer. Yeah. Very often, it's <laughs> not the right answer. But if you've got somebody who is trying to, to show just how 
they're not going to be afraid of violence because they are afraid of violence, right? Yeah. And that's usually where it comes from. And letting them know that what you're doing is you're now ruining this experience for this man or woman because you want to be a fucking tough guy because you think you know what you're doing. Yeah. When you put it in a in a light where they're like, oh fuck, man. Just I just basically what I'm my, my big fucking saying is I just take the blinders off. Yeah. And by taking the blinders off, if you're still an asshole after I've taken the blinders off, then you need a punch in the throat and get the fuck out of my school. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is why I'm not in business. Yeah. So be in mind, when I say this and any feedback you get from your listeners, like, well, that's really great, but I have a school to run. I'm, I'm not saying it's the right answer. Yeah. I'm just saying that when you're dealing with somebody who's being a fucking asshole, because I have to ask, why are they doing it? Are they doing it out of fear and insecurity? Or are they doing it out of the ego? Like, find the reason why they're being that way and then cut the head off so yeah. that they can't do it anymore. Yeah. I find right? actually, yeah, most students who have the ego issue, they usually self-select and just leave when I've called out their yeah. bullshit. I did oh, yeah. have one student once who, I'm pretty sure he was a psychopath, but he wasn't tough. Like, yeah. I had some of my instructors, like, if that guy, if that kid comes at me, I'm going to knock him out. Um, yeah. I think he ended up stabbing someone a few years later because... Uh, I had I had come talk to me <laughs> because he really? tried to blame me, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> I kicked him yeah. out of my school? What are you talking about?" Yeah, um, yeah. So you, you do get those crazies sometimes. Um, yeah, but it, it's yeah, oh, yeah. For the no, most you, part, you, it's you just do. ego, I think. Yeah, and insecurity is is a, a a huge motivator for most of us, right? I'm insecure all the fucking time. Why do you think I do this for a living? Yeah. Because I'm not. I'm an insecure man. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to use it to sit there and become secure. So if you're going to be insecure, that's fine. Just not at the expense of someone else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, and that's that's come up a lot. The whole COVID thing, it's it's driving everyone nuts. And, you know, um, some schools do better, some schools. I think me and you are on the same boat. Is, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be inauthentic. I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to do bullshit. And unfortunately, from a business perspective, it yep. does hurt you a lot. Yep. Right. I've yes. run into that. I've butt heads with so many people over the years because I'm like, I'm not doing that or they want me that you should do it like this. And I'm like, no. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, I think yeah. your attitude, I'm, I'm going to just guess is I don't give a fuck. But it's certainly yeah. how do you what, what I would say for Krav Maga is like because there's a lot of people who want to teach it and run a school and it's fucking hard now, particularly in Vancouver, as you and me both know, it's not the yep. most popular thing here, but. No. How do you resolve the fact that you, the, the balancing act? It's really hard, I think, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. Like, like any business, though, if we're, if you're, if somebody's like, and we cover this in the instructor courses, okay? You want to be an instructor, okay? That's great. That's, that's like this much of the fucking situation. You got like a, just a tiny little part of it. Yeah. Well, if you don't know anything about how to run a business, then perhaps you should go and educate yourself on how to run a business. Yeah. Understand that there's, there's taxes and understand that there's all these rules and regulations about running a business in your country, wherever that is. Now in Canada, let's just leave it at Canada. Um, you know, you've got insurance issues, finding the proper provider. You've got all these things that are not ever brought up with, opening a school now i know jujitsu and kickboxing like everybody's got the same bullshit but let's just yeah. keep it in in a in in the krav maga world it's not just enough to want to teach yeah 
right? You and this is this is just Marcus's experience for having numerous schools in my lifetime. If you're a shitty business person, yeah. which I am, <laughs> you better align yourself with somebody who is phenomenal at business and somebody who shares a parallel belief system in how, what your your objective is in your business. Yeah. My business is the job of empowering others to be a fucking nightmare for bad guys. Yeah. Okay, now that doesn't translate into the business world unless I can find somebody who can use the same verbiage and educate me on how I, Marcus, can get to do my mission and still fucking be able to pay the bills yeah. at the same time. And that's a, that is a balancing act that doesn't just apply to our industry, it applies to everything in general. Yeah. You may wanna have a skateboard shop. You may be the best fucking skateboarder ever, man. Tony Hawk ain't got nothing on you. But if you are a shithead when it comes to business, no. it don't fucking matter because nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Well, I can, right? I can sympathize with that. I have learned school of hard knocks with business. How I haven't gone bankrupt, I don't know. I've managed to figure it out. Um, but I, the business partner thing, as far as running, a, let's talk just Krav Maga school, but martial arts in general, is yeah. fucking hard. It's, I think oh, if yeah. I was to write an, a book on, on business advice, one of the main points is pick your partners wisely. Yeah. Without wisely. a doubt. Yeah. You know, I've had partners, like, and I've learned business as I go. I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm hoping I'm going to come out of COVID stronger. Um but I, if I've partnered with people who don't know shit about business and then I'm learning business and dealing with people who don't know shit about business and make it worse, it makes things a nightmare. It, it's yeah. taken me years to dig out of that hole. Um, yeah. And then you, you partner with people who don't agree with the way you are approaching teaching or curriculum. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. I was um, being, I want to put it down on paper and oh, I can't remember that. I'm like, but neither can the students. That's why I want to put it down on paper. You right. Know? And you right. end up butting heads all the time and, and, and it's like, I think you kind of said something earlier. It's like, if you just want to teach, but you suck at business, maybe don't yeah. open up a school. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, it's don't really just hard. Just go and find somebody who's established and be like, hey, man, I want to teach and rent out a spot or whatever. It's kind of no different than like um, hairdressers, right? Yeah. Hairdressers, you can be the best stylist ever. But if you're shitty at business, maybe you should just rent a chair. Yeah. <laughs> right and and build your business from from that standpoint because it's it's a lot more than just fucking throwing palm heel strikes and a kick to the balls and yeah. yelling at them like it's it's a big fucking venture yeah and 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 know and be honest about what you can and cannot do i suck at business yeah. i am the worst at business so i align myself with people who know this about me and they will in my better interest help me down the path of what's better for me as a in in my business yeah yeah and and that's and that's it's that simple and well i say it's that simple but it's <laughs> that simple because i've got fucking decades of fuck-ups to show what <laughs> not to do yeah right and, you know i once said to someone i would love one day to write a book of how not to write a business and they're like john no one's gonna buy that book i'm like why she's like too negative I'm like, but that'll save most people so much time. Yep. Because yep. they always talk about what to do, but they never talk yep. about what not to do. Well, you yeah, know, it, and it saves so and, much time. Well, and the if your book, if you took your book and you took, I don't know, let's say Gary V, right? Mm -hmm. 
because that's the big name. You take Gary Vee and you, and you both sit there and show what not to do. He's going to say the exact same shit because at the end of the day, what yeah. not to do usually is in the same swimming pool, depending yeah. on which, which verbiage you're going to use. So I, I think you should write a book on what not to do. And okay. it's not too negative. If, if I teach you, okay, so uh, you and I are walking down the street and we have a, a new student and we're walking down a dark alley or we're about to walk down a dark alley. And you, and for example, I tell them, go down the alley and you know what? You'll find your answers on how to deal with self-defense. And you're like, you know what? You should not go down that alley because you suck as a fighter and you probably should just go this way. My way, the student goes down, they get their ass beat and they get a great experience on how to, how they fucked up. Yeah. Is that really the best answer on how somebody should learn something yeah. or or is it better to sit there and know, hey, man, you're not ready to go down that alley. So maybe you should go this way over here. Yeah. Now, depending on who you talk to, one person will say, Marcus, your way is better than the other way. Hmm. Experience for me is learn what you can do and what you can't do and work what you can't do or you're not good at. That's what you should be spending your fucking time on. Yeah. yeah. In, in business only. I'm just talking about business here. Hmm. I'm not talking about training in other ways, but whatever your weakest at, that's what you should be fucking working on. And if you don't want to work on it, then you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. I always tell, like, I, I have another business that we started up with my girlfriend and a friend of ours. And it's like, we, we need to learn who's good at what and delegate. Yes. And I'll do this and you do that. And it's sometimes it's the hardest thing for people to realize they need to delegate and accepting what you're not good at. Now, yeah. I think there's two options because people uh, have an, a different approaches. And people, some people will say like, oh, you need to work on your weaknesses and grow them. And it's like, that might be true. But guess what? Right. If I have to do 100 things, I don't got time to do that. So yeah. I'm going to focus yeah. on what I'm good at. And be yeah. aware of what I'm not good at. And, you know, I right. find when you tell people that, hey, you're not good at this and you don't have the time to fix it, please stop. And they just lose it. And like, no, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it's the yeah. reality, well, I think, you know. I, I agree. And I think, and again, when you're talking about a business, opening a business, you know, this, especially a martial arts business, fucking hell. <laughs> it is a, it's, it's almost as bad as opening a restaurant. Yeah. Right? Just because you can cook doesn't mean that you can fucking run a successful business. Yeah. And if you can't, and you know, they say stay in your lane, right? That's that's the. Big I don't agree word. with that, by the way. <laughs> no, well, and I had a guy online fucking sit there and say, Marcus, you should stay in your lane and not do. I think it had to do with teaching law enforcement because I haven't been a cop. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't teach law enforcement. I'm like, you know what? I did. I disagree. My yeah. life experience, blah 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 blah, and. If I, if I listen to that type of mentality, stay in your lane, then I'd never learn anything. Yeah. I'd never go and try something new because I'm only going to be focused on what I'm doing. Now, when it comes to my business, you made a good point. Delegate. If for some reason you're bad at customer service, mm. then we shouldn't have you out front yeah. until either A, you change or which you won't, or you are going to... Uh, be able to fake it well enough so that you're not having customers leave. But delegating is probably the hardest part because nobody wants to have a certain role that maybe their ego feels is not good for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now you're, a, you're an outgoing guy. So maybe, you know, saying, Hey, uh, I want you to go handle the people outside that come in through the door. 
Now, maybe you view yourself as something different, but I see you as being perfect for talking to people because you're a <laughs> cheerful kind of guy, yeah. right? But it's it's accepting that role, whatever that role is going to be in business and being okay with accepting it and then learning all aspects of a business. I don't, I don't think that a, an accountant, if I have an accountant, for example, and he's handling the books, well, I want him to come in a couple of times and check out the class. I want him to experience the class. I want him to be a part of it because the more vested in all aspects of the business that you are, the easier it is for you to understand your partners, yeah. where they're coming from. Yeah. Right. Well, for sure. Why are we spending $10,000 a, a month on fucking cleaning supplies? Cause we don't want staff. Oh, I don't understand what that is. Okay. All of a sudden they're rolling on the map and they get staff. Well, Hey man, now you understand why we fucking spend that much money on cleaning supplies. Yeah. I think you're actually nail, uh, hit the net, hit nail on the head. I was listening to a podcast with the head of Spotify, which is obviously doing really well for themselves. And he was yeah. talking about how they had these like life coaches or mentors that they were yep. hiring. And they said, you know what will be better if we actually bring them into the company so that they actually understand how the company works. And exactly. I've, I've found like with this whole COVID thing, and I don't want to throw people under the bus. I'm really pissed off at the local martial arts community because no one's willing to stand up and tell the government, no, you're wrong. But yeah. um, I won't get into too much, but they're, they're, they're giving me advice to like, I think they think I'm being negative and I'm just like, no, I'm being real because they were just talking a lot of fluff. And then they start giving me advice and I'm like, okay, but that doesn't work for me. And they're like, no, you're being right. negative. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but you're not even asking the questions about my business. Even when I talk with these people privately to understand what my business difference is from yours and why I can't do right. the thing, you know, and it's, yeah. it's very important to really understand what it is you're dealing with because I, you know, I have some wealthy family that have helped me out and I appreciate it. But some of the advice they give me, I'm like, have you done the fitness or martial arts industry? They're like, no, 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 not really. I'm like, so I'm not, sure if that advice works for me <laughs> like you're just being stubborn i'm like yeah but could you maybe explain and they don't even want to get to know my business in in, in a real sense so it's like uh, right it's be on my own half the time <laughs> yeah ex yeah exactly exactly i well i i well we'll we won't touch on covid too much because yeah. <laughs> it's it's a losing yeah. losing conversation yeah. however uh i think the best takeaway on what you've said is if you're willing to understand what I, as a business owner, am going through, maybe you'll have a little, just a more open mind, open ears, open whatever, to help me get ahead. Because I, I do believe that you can't, you can't get anywhere by yourself. I'm a yeah. huge believer in that. You can't. You need help. Yeah. But help is relative to those that are willing to actually listen to you. Yeah. And be willing to listen to you and do what's needed for the big picture of uh, being successful. Yeah. That's uh, who gives a shit if I'm good and I know everything. If I don't help you, how how is that benefiting you? And if we're working as a team, you well, I mean, just think about the old days when you had a, you, you were part of that unit, right? Yeah. You're part of the unit. And one guy's comms. Another guy's doing this. Another guy's doing this. Well, if I don't communicate with everybody on my team and how, and we have to go into some place, we're going to get fucking smoked yeah. because there's been no 
I know who's first in, I know who's second in, I know who's watching our six, I all that, all that cool military bullshit. But at the end of the day, a successful venture is very much in the same way. Know your role, work together, and do what it takes to have a successful whatever. Yeah. And it was fucking rambling, blah, 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 blah. It makes total sense. I wanted to go back to what you said um, someone was telling you. Stay in your lane about the policing. And I think this, yeah. this argument comes up all the time in martial arts and self-defense. And I'm on the belief that you don't have to have done it as long as you understand the needs and applications and get the training to compensate for that. For example, I've never been a police officer, yet I've had students who go to the police academy, come back and like, John, what they taught me isn't working. Can you fix it? And I'm like, no problem. Because I've learned from people who have had lots of experience and taught me a better way to do it than what's being taught in the academies, which of course is garbage most of the time these days yeah and uh, and they'll say it and, and because of yeah well which we'll, we'll leave we won't go down that <laughs> rabbit hole but but you're absolutely right and i think that again most of the contractors that go to train units specialized units are not within their within their uh, organization so to speak yeah. they get outsiders civilians that come in and do these these schools these specialty schools they get civilians to come in and teach it because the civilians are the ones in the thick of understanding how to make them better at whatever that job is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so the argument falls on deaf ears. It's just, again, the internet and you're allowed to say whatever you want and blah, 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 blah. Now that being said, I know some guys who just shouldn't teach certain things to certain people. Like you just you shouldn't cause you suck. Yeah. Now that's where vetting your instructors uh, you know, vet them and vet them strong. Cause if in this day and age right now, you can't hide shit. Yeah. If you suck and you're lying about everything you fucking have done, believe me, at some point in time, you're going to be outed. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and that's, and that's where the good, I'm, I'm very thankful for, for the fact that you I've had, I've been vetted and I'm totally good with the <laughs> fact that the, the things that have come back, I can smile. I can hold my head up high because I know where I am in the food chain. Yeah. Well, I think that's a lot to do with ego as the instructor. Like, I, I'm very honest with my students. I'm like, listen, I'm not an athlete. I've never been an athlete. I struggled in right. the military. It was hard. But you see the look on some people's faces like, but John, you're an athlete. I'm like, no, you're just really out of shape. Believe me, I yeah. can <laughs> you to be better than me very quickly because I yeah. know what my cap- my capacity is, my limits are. If I train this much, I need to sleep. Like I, and then I watch some of these young guys just go every day all the time, constantly. I'm like, I will die if I do that. I am just being honest. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. do it just fine, you know? Uh, yeah. I think that's an interesting thing to talk about is because like all martial arts or styles, there is a pretty significant problem in the Krav Maga world about crappy instructors that have a certificate oh. somewhere or something uh, <laughs> what do you it's think uh, <laughs> it's frustrating it's very frustrating and you know again we i don't want to get into too many politics about mm. about things but you know you have to ask yourself one very important question and yeah. this is this is the truth is your instructor providing you what you want is your instructor providing you what you want and need? Yeah. Right? Now, there are some instructors out there, I may not be happy with what they're teaching. Mm, yeah. Okay? But at the end of the day, if they're teaching 
if their student is empowered as a result of their teaching, yeah, that's got to count for something, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I this is where I think I I just want people to be more honest about what they what they're good at and what they're not good at. Yeah. Okay. I don't teach people uh, jujitsu or fighting on the ground. Yeah. I'm very very open about what I when I'm just not. It's just, you know, no, in that way, I'm going to stay in my lane. Yeah. Okay. Because I care about what I teach that student. And if I teach something that's going to get them fucking hurt or killed, well, that's, that is not helping them at all. Yeah. Right. And you know, that's, so, it's an interesting point. Did you have something to add there? Cause I cut you off. I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's no, like, no. I've taught security personnel before. Vancouver, yeah, Canadian security is a joke, but I won't get into that. But I've yeah. taught security personnel occasionally. I've taught students, and I'm just like, your best self-defense is do not get in a fight. And they're like, oh, yes. I'm doing really good. I'm like, I want you to understand, I gave you a belt as a milestone. Yeah. You suck at fighting. Yeah. You're, you're going to get your ass kicked. You got the belt because you met, met the requirements don't get in fights and then people get it in their head like i'm th this and i'm like no you're not yeah like, you are yeah. terrible <laughs> yes yes and I, I you know what honestly i'll be honest with you uh rank rank in general yeah. is a, a bit of a point of contention with yeah. me it's um it's people are for or against <laughs> yeah and you know in th in if we're if in theory, I should be the biggest proponent for rank yeah. because of my accomplishments. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. You, I've seen too many rank, and this, and the beautiful part is, is this subject transcends the entire, um, entire planet on every scale because your rank should never give you, you should get respect, not because of your rank, but because of your actions. Yeah. Yeah. And, where I have a problem is, is people who push their rank because they have not done or are will, not willing to do enough action wise to earn that respect from their peers and or, uh, well, we'll go with peers, leave it at peers. Your rank doesn't help you at all. In our industry, rank doesn't help you at all when you're getting knocked the fuck out by a guy who's got issues with you. Yeah. So your rank, you put it perfectly. Your rank is a milestone. It's yeah. you did what was necessary at that point in time, on that day, that day specifically, you did enough to give you whatever the reward was for what you did on that day. Yeah. Now, if you look at most instructors who on that day got their instructor, whatever, let's see what you're like in a year from now. Yeah. Are you better or are you worse? Did yeah. you rest on your laurels? Did you sit there and use your fucking instructor certification as your end all be all? Or did you upgrade and work constantly to sit there and become a better version of yourself? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And, right. Yeah. It's, so. uh, it's from a practical application from like belts. There's no belts on the streets. It makes sense. I, I approach rank as a, it's a teaching thing. Understanding human behavior is that people need those things. Otherwise yep. they're not going to raise that enough. way in order yeah. to get to the point where they need to, to defend themselves. Yeah.
Um, no, I, I, and I, I will never argue that because again, we're going to go back into the business aspect. If the student does not have a goal and they can't find a, a, this is my first goal and second goal and third goal. Well, then they're not going to keep coming back and you're not going to get any money. And I get all of that. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent with it. Um, I had a train of thought and I lost it. Well, you're, uh, you're talking about belt factories and I do not agree with those at all. No, but, <laughs> but, but there is. Okay, so this we used to have in Canada way long time ago. They unfortunately got rid of it. Um, you know, on uh, on days at school, they would have a a physical day where everybody would get these bronze, silver, gold, and award of excellence. There were these little badges. Yeah. That right, and our everybody in that day had to go, and it was like a flex storm hang, and you had to run, and a whole bunch of whole bunch of things that they got rid of because a lot of kids were not able to do very well at it. Yeah. Um, and I was the guy who would always get like a bronze at best. Yeah. Right. And that's usually because there was nobody else. So I got the bronze. I never got the award of excellence, but that badge in our cultures and everybody's culture, we want to get something to show that we can do it. Yeah graduating from school graduating from anything there's some kind of piece of paper that says i did this and i deserve whatever because i did this uh, i did i do a, a goal i get the reward of the goal and i see it and it's it's in our it's in the world culture i i'm not to try to fight it would be like fucking yeah. ridiculous it's the reward system of the brain it's just it's, yeah it is. <laughs> i get it and yeah. it, I totally get it. But now I care more, like, again, I care more about a student, regardless of what level they're at for training. I care more about that student's success in life than mm -hmm. I do about a rank. Yeah. Now there is, there is some benefits to having rank and all of that. And I get it. That's awesome. But if we're going to talk about sheer, just what, what makes Marcus happy Marcus is happy when his student uh, survives an onslaught of an attack of violence. Yeah. And when I say survive, I mean without six months in intensive care and without six years of therapy, I want them to be able to survive mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the least, Bruce Lee, all the least, man. I want them to be able to survive that, that situation on every level. And that has no rank on the fucking planet is going to help that. That's an individual thing yeah. because everybody is different. Yeah. Um, but that's, and again, that's why I suck at business. Yeah. Well, I, I will, I will always suck at business for that. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Vancouver is a very difficult place to run a Chrome school. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. And which is the reason why, like, you know, 15 years ago, I went to these guys that were downtown. They were worldwide at the time. Um, our, our culture from Vancouver, our culture is, well, violence doesn't, uh, we don't have violence in Vancouver yeah. or not enough to justify it. And as a somebody who, you know, I have to be careful with what I say because these podcasts are forever. Um, there might have been a time in my life where maybe I was very very aware of how much violence was going on in yeah. this in in vancouver yeah. and it has not changed yeah. for the less it's changed greater in the last 
30, 40 years. Yeah, I would say, actually, that's a very interesting point about Vancouver, and I think it relates to people living in their bubbles. For example, for a time, I was working for a friend. Well, I grew up in Metro Vancouver my whole life. What were we yeah. doing? We were cleaning hoarder houses. Hoarder oh, houses. fuck. You know how wow. many there are in Vancouver? A lot. A lot more than you think. Yeah. And it's this, in Vancouver, it's a weird city where if you don't want to see something, you don't have to because it's very easy to create a bubble life here. Oh, and, yeah. you know, you, you see that uh, mimic when people say it's really hard to make friends. It's really hard to ha find relationships because people see what they want to see. It's not like New York where you, you it's right in front of your face. You can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... Like I have, like my mother, wonderful person, but if you talk to her about violence here, she's clueless. And then yeah. I tell her, you know, I wasn't a bad kid. I tell her sometimes, you know, I hung around gangsters when I was younger. Not, I won't, not in the gangs, but you don't realize they're gangsters, and then you hang around yeah. them, and then, and it's like, if you know where to look in Vancouver, yeah. you will find it. But the way I approach it in Vancouver, it's like. Oh, you haven't been shot at? Great. You're making smart decisions because in Vancouver, you kind of have to look for it a little bit. It's there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. As, an, as the city expands, like all cities, the violence is going to increase inherently. It's just the way it is. You know. Well, back when, when I was a youngster, I remember Wally, man. Wally was in Surrey. If you were in Surrey and you were in Wally, you were going to get fucked up and it was... Blah, 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 blah. And then the SkyTrain was created, and holy shit, you could go from Surrey over to Burnaby. I mean, I just think it's funny that it, the the bubble aspect, has really happened in the last small amount of time because everybody in East Van knew that Surrey was bad, and they knew that Burnaby had their share of fucking retards there. Yeah. Every city had had some areas where violence was prevalent. Yeah. Now, if you didn't, you know. And it doesn't make the news as much. Um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it does, but I just never used to watch the news. Yeah. And that part hasn't changed in my life. Uh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably why I only have the, a little bit of the gray hair that I do. Um, but every part of Vancouver, BC, every part of British Columbia has violence in every every city there is. Yeah. And you can't say that Vancouver is worse than Surrey and Surrey's worse than, you know, fucking New Westminster. It's a shit show across the board because violence is very prevalent in the Canadian fucking uh, area. Yeah, yeah. You know, it isn't fucking South Park and all the bullshit that they say about us there. I mean, it's a fucking violent, Canada's a violent place. Just like the entire fucking planet is violent. Yeah, yeah. For sure, and you oh know, it's God. funny with all the you know all the poli political stuff uh, going on. I was I'll say to people, yeah, like Antifa. What about the Antifa riots and stuff? And people in Vancouver are like, oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, do you know I have a student who got beat up by Antifa in Vancouver because they're violent motherfuckers everywhere they are. And they're like, yeah. there's no such thing in Vancouver. They're they're not a problem. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know people yeah. who have been beat up by them. Okay. Yeah. They just yeah. run around beating. They hang around the hipster area. I run. Yeah, well, that's fight true. with the punks. It's hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious as a conceptual. It's not good, but it's like the punks in the in the alternative rock scene was hitting yeah. them. I only know about it though because of my student and my friends. Right. If you're yeah. just like my mother, she has no clue any of this is going on. That they're beating the shit out of each other left and right, putting people in hospitals. Yeah. But you have to know where it is. <laughs> yeah.
And the media does. Well, and I think it's okay. So we're now in 2021, right? That's what year we're in, 2021? Yeah, I think. Maybe. Okay. So 2021, and in 1983 and 1984, this discussion I experienced in real life that groups of people would beat up other groups of people because they were easy targets. My point is that wake the fuck up planet that history doesn't doesn't change it's just a circular motion and what comes around goes around what happened before will happen again there's no changing it unless individually individuals change their dynamic and how they are living because at the end of the day what happened in you know in the past will happen in the future. Yeah. It doesn't change. You know, it's funny change. you bring that up because it's a point of cont- I have this argument with people all the time. So like I like to listen to a lot of uh, academic stuff and whatnot. And you get the historians and you get all these people like history doesn't repeat itself. What they oh. When they say that, what they're talking about is it literally doesn't repeat itself. But I'm like, you know what hasn't changed in the last 5,000 years? Human behavior, okay? Yes. And so... Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, you know, I think on the internet, I don't, I'm not really on Twitter, but it's like hashtag like civil war is trending. And I'm like, and I'm just like, I'm always joking. I'm like, if a civil war happens in America, which side do you think is going to win this time? Like, just, just objectively, let's be real here. And and I'm like, no, it's never going to happen. I'm like, if you keep pissing off the other side. Yeah. They're actually pushing right now. Yeah, you can't push without having a uh, some kind of reaction. That's again, but you said it right there. Like I, I think that if anybody listens to this and they're already like, "Oh my god," human behavior does not change ever, ever. You're always going to have racism. You're always going to have violence against the weak. You're always going to have people who are afraid of something new and different. You're always going to have a mob mentality. Like that is never going to change, ever. Yeah. Ever. So fucking deal with it and come to terms with where you are when it comes to human behavior. And if you don't like where you are, you better start doing things to change it because at some point in time, the universe is going to slap you in the face with human behavior. Yeah. And you know, I, I get in trouble for this, of course, being in Vancouver about addressing cultural differences and self-defense now i'm not saying i'm not approaching it from like a i stopped trying to approach it from a race thing because it's just it's not going to go good um to yeah. culture because if you meet like an african black person versus a detroit black person they're different yeah. and in london yeah, not even and so i remember i was in a uh, some other school hosted it in vancouver and they had a very well-known american self-defense person working with some another big krav maga organization and i said how do you address cultural differences as far as violence? Because, you know, in England, you know, it's the two fingers up versus yeah, here. Yeah, and if finger, you don't yeah. know the cultural differences, it's going to get mm-hmm. you in a fight or not. And they just looked at me and they had been a cop for many, many years. I'll, if you want to know, I'll tell you the name off air. But okay. um, they're just like, I, everyone bleeds the same blood. And I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't say it, but I'm yeah. thinking, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about? Like, that's the laziest answer, answer. Heard. Yeah. now the hosts yeah. of this place are very left wing and they just looked at me like i'm super racist i'm like okay but you do understand you can't talk to people of a different culture the way you think and an example i had in in, in israel you know in english you say you son of a bitch no big yeah. deal you see it in israel you're getting punched oh, 
you're getting punched right in the fucking head. Yeah. So, you know, when I started speaking in Hebrew, my Hebrew sucks shitty now because I haven't spoken it forever. And I say, you know, Benzona just casually like I do in English. Yeah. Well, it yeah. runs into problems over there. And yeah, yeah. And I watched some Mizrahi guy knock the fuck out of a Ashkenazi guy who ran into the same problem because he didn't understand the cultural difference. Yeah. Right. So yeah. how do you approach that aspect in teaching? Well, I think. Uh, being... <laughs> well, no. The the truth is is is. So the good thing about Canada, the good thing is, is we're very multicultural. Yeah. Now, in my growing up. You know, I had a ton of Native Indians, ton of, uh, of white guys. And then, you know, we, we had some East Indians, some Asians, but mainly it was Native Indians. Mm. Well, when you got a bunch of Native Indians and a bunch of white guys and you're all in a drunk environment, like not us being drunk, but we live in drunk households. The funny part is, is that you you have an equal no matter what we say to each other, we can't really think that we're better than each other because my drunk mother is the same as your drunk mother. And we're, you know, like, that's the one cool thing about Vancouver at that time anyways. But do you want to, you want to hear something culturally that is different from us than anywhere else? Sure. So um, you're familiar with the term goof? Yeah, yeah. You understand that the, the significance of how bad that word is? Uh, not in the context that you're okay. saying, perhaps. Okay. Well, in my when I was growing up, uh, especially in our Canadian penal system, yeah. uh, you call somebody a goof, and you're getting knocked the fuck out. Like there's there's no. There's See, this no is news because to me, a goof would be like uh, just you're goofing off or you're screwing around. Yeah. No. 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 Well, listen. As as a young Canadian male, do not say, go up to somebody of an older age that might look like they've been to prison and call him a goof because you'll get knocked out. Yeah. Because a goof is like the lowest, that's even worse than pedophiles. Like you're just, you're the, the scum of the earth. Now, as somebody who grew up in, in East Vancouver, I know that there's certain words that I'm not going to use. When I'm in a country and the two fingers or, you know, in Israel, this is everything's shut up, right? Yeah. Everything's, you can't see it on screen. But, yeah. Okay. You can't, but now in other cultures, that's a, that's a profanity. Yeah. You, it's it's not good to say or do. Yeah. So if you're dealing with cultural issues and you've got somebody who, again, the good part about cultural issues is if you're listening and you're learning about these cultural issues, one, it makes you a better instructor. Yeah. Okay. Because you you become a little more uh, uh, global in your your ways of thinking instead of your little fucking bubble that you live in. But there's certain words that nobody can use in you know, you just can't like, it doesn't matter what, what culture you are. There's certain words that you're not allowed to use, but they're, they're trigger words that will piss off everybody else. I think, I think where I have a problem with cultural violence because of cultural, uh, is it's a great excuse. Yeah. Right. And most violent actions happen. Right. Right. So if I'm with a guy and I say something that offends him, even if it's by accident, if the guy really wants to fight, he's just going to use that as the excuse to fight anyways. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, And that's again, human behavior is the same across all planes of this planet. If I really want to fight with you, I'll find a reason to have that fight with you. Doesn't yeah. matter how often you apologize for your mistake. I'm still going to get in a fight with you because I want to have that fight. Yeah, yeah. So 
when you're dealing with different cultures in any way, shape, or form, and with Canadians, we're always so fucking apologetic. Sorry, 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 sorry. It makes me sick. Yeah. Uh, no sorry, Akravaga. Stop saying. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry is between shit and syphilis in the dictionary. Yeah. Um, you know, this, and I've become, what I've been going through in the last probably 10 years is a lot more uh, de-escalation, mm, verbal yeah. judo, things like that. And that's where, if we teach anything to our students, it has to be, in my opinion, um, learning how to verbally de-escalate. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's the number one thing that's lacking in all self-defense systems is verbal de-escalation. Yeah. Um, there was a guy, and I, I feel bad because I fuck up his name. It was a former JKD guy with like the Bruce Lee era, Larry something i think it starts with a h larry hatham or i fuck i'm sorry to whoever's listening and you're like i can't believe you don't know this legend's name forgive me but there was a great video of a seminar he did and he was talking about this guy who wanted to pick a fight with him and he started saying stuff like yep you're absolutely right okay yeah 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 and by the way where'd you get that shirt oh, yeah. i love that shirt man right like things that now i've done the verb de-escalation for when you're working in security in nightclubs de-escalation is your number one tool yeah because you're dealing with drunks yeah okay so you need to fucking de-escalate because otherwise you'd be swinging hands every night but de-escalation applies to all aspects of your life yeah. when you're in a you know in a professional environment and you've got a boss who wants to fucking fire you being able to de-escalate that you can save yourself. You'll probably get fired later on anyways, because chances are you shouldn't be at that job, but your ability to de-escalate circumvent and, and re uh, reevaluate the, the verbal fight before it becomes a physical fight. Yeah. That's massive. It is, it is the number one most underrated tool that we have right. mostly because it's not sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Now there's a couple points to that. I was, Reality is that most students are not capable enough after a year of training to deal with serious violence. So I'm always emphasizing, listen, don't get in the fight, talk your way out of it, create space, yep. really do it. And then I'll say, listen, that's a skill de-escalation you are not learning from this guy. Because yeah, yeah. my inherent natural strategy is to try to out crazy. And I'm like, you can't pull that off, so don't do that. You need to, because right. in my life, it's actually worked. I, I've yeah. I've uh, gotten out of a lot of fights because I've acted in a very strange mm -hmm. or hyper aggressive or just not expected way and people don't know what to do with it so they back down but that's like a natural right. skill so I'm always like listen you need to learn to talk your way out of it if you don't know how to do it like I've I've had students that it's like they're always telling me they're getting in fights I'm like okay I just take a step back why are you keep getting in fights it's something you're doing for sure right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. I had an incident where this guy was telling me one story about what happened. And then a really good friend of mine at the time told me the real story. And I'm like, you're fucking up, man. He's like, no, no, no. This is what happened. I'm like, no, it's not. I know exactly. <laughs> you picked the fight when it didn't matter. It was they were working on some set uh, movie set. Some crackhead stole some some stuff down and then they chased him down or something. And then the pimp or whatever. I don't know. And I'm like. It's not your property. Who cares? They haven't. Yeah. Why are you? But it's a person who was looking for fights all day. I'm like, you of have too many stories like that. Don't yeah. need to be there. Right, so yeah. you need to learn to stop and take a, a mental break and think about the violence <laughs> and not do it. Um, but I think you're right is that de-escalation is extremely important. It's difficult to teach. 
I can't teach it because one, I, I'm lacking that aspect in my life, but also everyone's a little bit different and it's such a comprehensive thing to teach. Uh, it's a specialized thing on its own. Like, for example, um, like FBI, what are they called? Negotiator people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the really, really good ones, for one reason or another, they just really have it. Some people. Well, I, I, I agree. I agree, except that I would say this that de escalation is finding your own verbiage to to make a hostile situation calm, yeah. which usually comes down to your ability to relate to the aggressor. Yeah. Now, it's very difficult for most people to relate to a fellow human being because we can't possibly relate to another human being because I'm right, you're wrong, and yeah. God damn it, this is how it is, and that's why we're fighting. Now, where I, I differ in opinions is uh, if you go up to any of your students, again, we always love extremes. Yeah. Okay, now I'm having a fight with you and I have to de-escalate it. Oh, I don't, I don't think I can do it because of whatever, whatever. Okay, now uh, your girlfriend is beside the bad guy and they have a knife to her throat and they're going to cut her open. And the only way you cannot let her get slid open is to de-escalate this situation. Yeah. If it's important, you'll find a way to sit yeah. there and do it. Is it, if it doesn't come naturally. Now, I de-escalation doesn't come naturally. I only have I have 30 years of experience yeah. on what not to do, which is the only reason that I'm able to de-escalate from, you know, I don't get in fights yeah. at all. But in Walmart or in fucking some shit place where somebody wants to have a fight, my ability to de-escalate is only because I know that what not to do. And I just do what not, I do the opposite of what I should be doing because that'll get me in a fight. And I just talk my way out of it. It's yeah. not difficult when you find, again, it's, I don't know when you did your instructor course, whether there was role playing or not, which I would imagine there would have been because when you're doing role playing and teacher scenarios, you know, they always throw a curveball at you. Okay. Here you got this fucking ADD guy and Hey, you know what? Here's a guy that fucking has Tourette's and how do you deal with these people? Well, you got to find some way to be able to interject an understanding between you and the aggressor. Yeah. Now we're sheer violence where the guy comes out of nowhere and punches you out of nowhere and there's no fucking precursor and there's no warning or anything like those happen so infrequently. Yeah. There's always something that you can do to deescalate it till the actual first shot comes in. Yeah. At which point in time, if you get hit and there's all these fucking precursors, you deserve to get hit because you're not paying attention yeah, to yes. the to all the warning signs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but de-escalation, I, I'm, I'm telling you from my own personal opinion, I think it's, it's, while it's the hardest thing to teach, is only because, in my opinion, you're not, you, you need to find a way to get your students to find their way of communication. Yeah. Communication is probably the number one thing that we have as human behavior that we fail miserably at. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. For sure. So, they don't really teach. I mean, I, I. I'm to if I have kids, I'm totally homeschooling them because I think our public school systems have completely failed to teach basic life skills, and and yeah. uh, learning how to interact with people is is one of the skills that is gone, especially now. Right. Completely. And this and this epidemic of shit that we've been going through is only adding to that already uh, disconnect from intercommunications and personal people skills. 
Yeah. Um, you know, well, it's only getting worse. They don't want to have conversations anymore. And, you know, I was talking occasionally I'll make the mistake of engaging with people online. Online, I usually don't. But sometimes you'll meet someone who actually knows how to have a discussion and a debate. And they are like, I've had this a few times where they're like, oh, I really enjoy talking to you. But we're on the Internet and I, I just don't want to because <laughs> the the way it normally goes, which is yelling and screaming, right. you know, point counterpoint. Right. Uh, debates are gone there's no yeah oh i don't trust your sources it's like uh okay well if you'd like me to play that game i can say your source how many times they've lied in the last year you know stuff like right. that. people yeah don't want to accept the other side's facts like for sure facts like both sides right. have valid facts and you gotta meet in the middle and say how can we resolve this meaningfully but it just seems people dig their heels in because they don't know how to communicate or debate no. Right. Uh, someone very close to me, I'm not going to say specifically that they were never taught how to have a debate that wasn't an argument. And I've been working yeah. with them to try and let's have debates where we're not yelling yeah. at each other. Um, yeah. Really hard skill for people to learn about it. And to be fair, I'm quite the antagonistic person, but. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's a skill in its own that people aren't learning anymore. Well, and I think that I. Again, there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. Yeah. So the fact that, that you and I are talking, and, and I think it's funny when people do argue online often, I think it's, it makes me laugh a little bit because if you and I are typing words, at any time there's a disconnect from, like right now I can be like, fuck you, you're a fucking asshole. And there's no way I can take those words back. Yeah. There's no reason to sit there and while I'm typing, not take a second, breathe before I continue with that, whatever that train of thought is. Where I have a problem is, and I was never taught how to have debates. Yeah. Okay. I come from a fucking drunk household where my mother spanked me with a frying pan across the head. Okay. It's an abusive, shitty, like my upbringing definitely did not lead me to be able to have debates, which cripples me now when people want to just have articulate conversations because when I get frustrated or flustered because they're chess players and I'm checkers, I immediately shut down and resort to safety nets of verbal escalation, profanity, and then threats of violence Yeah, because I'm ill ill prepared for an actual debate on subjects. Yeah. Now, if I'm at 50 plus uncomfortable and unable to do it, and I didn't have those skills, this younger generation is really unprepared because you're not even giving them. I know for sure that there's three sides to this conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know that for a fact, I'm going to tell mine, you're going to tell yours. And the third part is where you and I are supposed to come together yeah. and find a common ground so that we can hear each other. Yeah. Now, I know that you know, that you know that I know, that most conversations, the person isn't listening. They're waiting for their opportunity mm -hmm. to talk. Yeah. So already we're in a fucked situation because nobody actually listens. They just were like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cause I want to pounce. Yeah. Well, that's not a conversation, man. That's a one-sided, that's a one-sided uh, talk. Yeah. Yeah. With two people. Yeah. 
not you know yeah. i'm guilty of that for sure um <laughs> but i think you, you brought up a sort of a good point like the, you don't if someone's playing chess and you're playing checkers yeah and they're talking to you and it's an ego thing in many ways like there's nothing wrong with you not knowing how to play chess nothing wrong yeah. with it because if the nope. person talking to you is patient enough and you're you're patient enough the, they can explain and i found for me um I pay attention to a lot of things. And when I have conversations with people, they're just missing huge swaths of information to even have the conversation. And then when I try to say, hey, are you aware of this? Do you know about that? Do you know about this? And they shut off because it's above their head. Yeah. It's like, okay, you can say, listen, I just, I'm not, I don't want to have this conversation right now. Totally cool. Um, yeah. But what people aren't doing is acknowledging the gaps in their knowledge. Now, in a Krav Maga yeah. perspective, that's going to get you killed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. Well, I think and I'll be honest with you, when it comes to conversations or communication, my job has really helped me with doing that because 90 percent of my job, there's a translator involved. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say something, wait for them to translate. Let look at the, the responses. So there's always a delay. And then I find out usually that the translator didn't say it properly because yeah. I have somebody in the course saying, well, actually, they fucked that right up. So the good part is that it starts a dialogue um, and it forces me to be very clear with what I'm trying to say, because yeah. I know I've got to go through a third party to get my point across. And culturally, I have to make be very aware of what I'm saying, because the people that I'm talking to probably aren't going to understand now. That being said, I swear more in my teaching with a translator than I do any other time because like everybody else, I get frustrated at the delay of having a conversation. Hi, my name is Marcus. Pause. Blah, 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 Marcus. Yeah. Palm, heel, strike. You know what I mean? Like I, the, the translator has made me aware of the fact that I need to be very clear with what I'm saying. Yeah. And I need to have a variety of different ways to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Now, I wonder, yeah. I just thought of this, like, because I find hardcore Israeli instructors don't like to intellectualize their self-defense well, like Tony Blauer does. And I'm wondering yeah. if that's just because they wanted it's to go quickly and they don't want to. You know? <laughs> okay, so, so I'm going to tell a joke that you may have already heard. So why do Israelis not have sex in public? Or make love in public? No idea. I actually have not. They don't want anybody telling them what they're doing wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Now, I say that I say that in Israel when I'm with people from Israel and they kind of laugh, but it's a little too close to home. So sometimes it depends if they think it's funny or not. Yeah. But the truth is, is that with Israel, Israelis in general, real Israelis, you, uh, you've got to sit there and you've got to get to the point. Yeah. Or we're going to beat around the bush. I'm going to say 500 different things to get to it because I need to bombard you with a whole bunch of words to shut you up. Yeah. Either way, like for me, Israel is a, is a second home. I, I love Israel. And if I didn't marry my ex-wife, I'd probably still be living there. Yeah. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's a country that I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable in. But culturally, yeah. it can be a challenge. Oh, yeah. That's why I didn't stay. I'm, I'm too yeah. Canadian. I like lineups. What's a lineup? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You know, I would be, 
in the military and I'd point out, they're like, oh, we're so polite and we're nice to each other. And what, what the fuck are you talking about? I saw a bunch of yeah. get push an old lady off the fucking bus because they needed to get on to go to the thing. They're like, nope, no one would ever do that. I'm like, you know how many times I've seen that? Okay, yeah. stop yeah. telling me that you're all super nice. You're the rudest yeah. people in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they definitely, uh, they definitely are, are a different breed of, 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 of humans but again that being said you know you go to china okay i've I taught in china several times and i think i go back if it opens up this year or next year uh, my godson's in china so okay. i i use any time possible to go and see him uh, work-wise possible there's a there's a culture where foreigners will never understand yeah. unless you go there and stay there and spend time and see the people in in their native areas you can't understand that culture yeah. that the one thing about my job that i do and love more than anything is having seen most of this world there's certain continents i haven't been to yet but seeing most of this world i have an appreciation for how i was raised the culture that i grew up in regardless of you know, alcoholism and, and drunks and violence, but I can't appreciate America or I can't appreciate Canada as much. I wouldn't have appreciated as much if I didn't travel the world and yeah. see different cultures and see the, see what real poverty is like, or see real stubborn people or yeah. real, whatever, fill in the blanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I wish the world would do more of is travel. So you can get an understanding of, when you go to India, why uh, Indians are the way that they are. Yeah. Understand the culture of where they're from and why they are the way they are. Be on a reservation. Go on a reservation. Live on a res for fucking a month. Yeah. And maybe then you'll understand why First Nations people have the ways of, of actions that they do. China, fill in the place. Israel, whatever. You go to the source of that country and you'll understand the culture and maybe you'll understand the people a little better. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment because when I travel, I do not like to do tours or touristy stuff unless it's a local who's like going to take you to local stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. too many people who travel, especially in Canada, I travel, but they're not traveling. They're just going right. there and doing the experience of being there, but they're not understanding the culture. They're not going into yeah. the dirty places. They're not hanging out with locals beyond the groups and they don't really learn like that's the best way go stay in a local's house and get them to show you around right yeah yeah Easy. did you do the lone you did the lone warrior uh program right yeah yeah it's complicated yeah. but yeah my my yeah. journey in israel was fraught with problems the entire time. right well and so we'll just we'll move on away from that uh <laughs> but but so if i if if I go to different countries, just because you go to a McDonald's in China or a McDonald's in fucking uh, Guatemala or Venezuela, you go to a McDonald's and I think that doesn't mean that you're cultured and that you understand the people yeah. going to your local areas, having local food, being around local people, understand, like you said, non-touristy things. And that's not listen. If you go to all uh, all inclusive in fucking Cancun and that's and but for you that's traveling so be it just be mindful of when you shit on everybody else yeah. be understand that your glass house has so many fucking holes in it so you be careful when you start throwing them stones yeah well Mexico is an interest I always tell people I was like yeah where have you been in Mexico oh you know the, the resort towns I'm like yeah how is that did you feel safe it's like yeah it's like you want to go to Mexico City they're like why would I do that 
Yeah. And they, I'm like, you. I want you to know why the resort towns are safe. It's because the cartels make money off of them and they yeah. make them safe. And yeah. if you think you love Mexico, go go to real. I've never been, but I'm not delusional okay. yeah. to understand. Yeah. Yeah. You go to Mexico. I have Mexicans telling me jokes. Actually, in Israel, Mexicans are scared of the dark because yeah. don't go out, out at night by yourself. Yeah. You will yeah. get robbed or stabbed. You know, and then yeah, you, you say something true. like, you say, especially in Vancouver, you say something like that here. People are like, you're so racist. I'm like, you're delusional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you no, don't know what true. you're talking about. <laughs> very, very fucking true. Yeah. Ironically, you bring up Mexico because I've been asked where, where are the countries that I've felt most uh, unsafe? Yeah. Um, Colombia and Mexico. And I have, I have good people in Mexico City. Like, I have yeah. solid cats, man. There are good people. And I fucking, I am constantly in a state of, of, of high fucking yeah. uh, risk awareness in, in Mexico City. It is not, it is a great city with great, not a great city. It's got great people. <laughs> yeah. But Mexico City is no fucking joke. And like you just said, and like most of the fucking planet that opens their eyes, there's certain places in our planet where, like Brazil. Brazil people sit there and say, Marcus, when are you going to come to Brazil? I'm like, fuck, I'll, I'll come, but I'm not really looking forward to it. Yeah. I love Brazilian women. I love Brazilian food. Going to Rio de Janeiro is not on my fucking list of places I want to go. Let's, to. let's go take a stroll in the favelas. Let's have fun. Yeah, yeah, fuck, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, and I'm going to wear really, really expensive clothes while I'm at it. And no. So, yeah, yeah. No, thanks, man. And, but again, if you don't know and you're getting all your information from a source of information, meaning the news or internet or whatever, and you have no life experience, then you, of course you're going to talk out your ass about things you, you don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just human nature. You know, on that note, I was having, a, I was teaching a family and I was talking about like what to do if a school shooter comes in and, and this family was homeschooling. Cause they're just like, I can't deal with the public school system anymore. Yeah. And, I'm like, what are they teaching you to do still? Of course, they're still teaching them hide under the desk and wait. Yeah. Like, okay, you do realize, I had that conversation when I was at university, I'm saying, you guys, like they were annoyed at something I was teaching. I'm like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And I started talking about what happens if a school shooter happens. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, I think we're gonna listen to the experts. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I yeah. smash the window, get the fuck out. The the policies yeah. of stay and hide under the desk are administrative policies, easy for attendance and easy for the yes. police, and aren't keeping anyone safer. Get the fuck out yeah. or charge that that person. That's it. And yeah. you tell this to people, and they're like, who's writing these fucking policies? I don't know who's yeah. doing it. They they have experts apparently. Right. They're yeah. not up to date with what's acceptable, you know, solutions for these problems, and I. Right. What's going on everywhere right now is they're listening to experts who are living la la land because they don't yeah. actually go, you know, figure out what the real world is like. Well, and and you said it right there that the whoever's making the policy is easy to administer whatever it is that they're asking you to do. And and it, again, sheep mentality of we're not going to sit there and have anybody learn to take care of themselves. We're going to wait for police, fire, EMT, yeah. whatever. We're going to wait for somebody to help us because that's what's going to work. And that history has shown that that doesn't work and that you have to be proactive in your ability to defend yourself and or create opportunities to get the fuck out of whatever that scenario is. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be active shooter. 
or active killer. Sorry, I go with uh, Grossman's uh, saying on that because I, I, I'm a shooter. I, I'm around shooters, and there's a negative connotation with that. So active killers that come into these places, you take that same mentality of I need to empower myself, I need to educate myself, I need to make sure I'm safe in all my surroundings. Now take that and apply that to every aspect of our life and you'd have a different world altogether because you'd have a bunch of uh, motivated people who are active in their behavior or, or, or proactive in what they're doing. It'd be a different world. Now, does, is that reality? Fuck no. It'll never happen because too many people are waiting for the fucking golden egg of rescuing. And, and maybe you, the listeners, are, are one of those people and you're like, fuck you. Um, the government's going to help me and the police are going to help me. Hey, man, if that's your world, go to it. I live in a different world. Yeah. And I believe that you have to power, empower yourself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm with that. Like uh, my experience with the police in Vancouver when I was younger, not anymore, obviously, has been there no help in most cases unless there's violence going on right now, in which case yeah. it's often too late anyway. You know, yeah. when I was a teen, I had some issues and I'd be like, hey, these people harassed me. They're coming to my home. And their question is, do they have any weapons? It's yeah. like, I can't tell right now. Well, we won't rush if there's no weapon. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking yeah. about? I can flip yeah. in two seconds. They're outside my house. Yeah. You know? And the only yeah. time they really took anything serious was one time when we got maced. And then they're like, oh, the weapon wasn't because now we can charge them. And it's like, right. no, 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 no. Where's the community policing, you motherfuckers? And I know it's not yeah. the actual cops' fault. It's the politicians no. and stuff. Yeah. But, and, but it's, again, human behavior. Back fucking 5,000 years ago, we may not have had police, but we had protectors that did things. Everything would be after the fact yeah. unless they were right there. And the old adage of when, uh, when help is needed, uh, the help is minutes away, right? Yeah. Or hours away or however long. You don't have time to fucking do anything but take care of yourself because nobody is coming to save you. Yeah. As negative as that sounds, it's a fact. No one is coming to save you. Yeah. Wake the fuck up. Well, it's just, it's personal responsibility. And, um, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Jocko Willing's teachings because he's yeah. very much about take personal responsibility. My, my contention with that is, if you were the only, you read his books, you know, he even admitted extreme ownership was a terrible idea for a name. Um, but if you read his books and you are taking personal responsibility, but nobody else is, you're going to go fucking crazy. And yeah. while I absolutely yeah. think people need to be personal responsible, I'll, I'll, I've been in situations where people are lecturing me about something that I did that bothered them. And they're like, you need to take responsibility. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I did it. I'm sorry, but I just want you to acknowledge that it takes two to tango and you did something yeah. here. And they're just like, you're not taking personal responsibility. I'm like, I yeah. just did. Yeah. But listen, man, we just got in a fight. It takes two. Yeah. What did yeah. you do that pissed me off? Did you think you yeah. did anything wrong? And they're like, no, you're yeah. a fucking asshole. I'm like, okay, personal responsibility means that about everyone. You can yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did this that bothered me. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. And, and yeah. of course, they have to convince me I did something wrong, which is a whole different ballgame. But then, uh, yeah. okay. and then I'm like, yeah, but you did something wrong, too. No, I didn't. You're not taking personal responsibility. I'm like, you really don't understand how this works, do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the whole word right there, personal responsibility, applies to every person on the planet. Yeah. Everybody's personally responsible for what they say and do. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and, you know, Jocko's great. And, you know, he's a team guy and he's very famous. And 
his his in your face mentality is is great for for a certain demographic, uh, you know. I'm always going to just fall on the adage that whatever you say to someone, make sure that you can a back up what you're saying. Yeah. And if I'm saying something to make myself feel better at your expense, yeah. I better be prepared to have repercussions for that. Everything we have is what is it? Newton or whoever, every action has an equal yeah. or greater reaction. So no matter what I do, if I'm talking to you and I say something that upsets you and you punch me in the mouth, yeah. we are both to blame yeah. for that situation because you, yeah, you're right. You punched me in the mouth. Now, unless you walked out of nowhere, I'm walking down the street, you walk up in front of me and punch me out of the face, literally with no warning whatsoever. Okay. Then, okay. Yep. It's your fault. But I'm going to have a little asterisk there because it's my responsibility to be able to be aware of my surroundings and see that a guy came up out of nowhere, all these precursors. It's my responsibility to take care of myself and not fucking be like, well, he just came out of nowhere. Okay. We saw the CCTV camera. He walked up. His fists were clenched. He had a mean scowl on his face. Everybody's crossing the street as he's walking up towards you. It's pretty obvious that he's in a bad mood. Could you have moved? Could you have walked across the street? Why should I have to? Um, so you don't get punched in the face. Yeah. Well, Everybody's you know, responsible. A good example is uh, whenever I hear someone running up behind me quickly, I'm like, shit. Yeah. And they're yep. like, oh, that's paranormal. I'm like, you remember a couple of years ago there was that game where people would just run up behind yep. people and punch them in the yep. back of the head for no reason at all? And it's like, but no. It's it's because I don't it's, – oh, it's, it's odd when you hear quick footsteps – behind yeah. you in at least where i am if it's a place where it's normal it's a different story but it's like so i'm yeah. going to react to that and then yeah. i do always the trick if i'm walking down retail i look in the windows and get in the, yeah of course no. reflections right no and again, again it paranoia this is the one thing that most people who are are dependent on others for their safety will constantly say that you're paranoid or that you're this or that and my response honestly is this if I am paranoid, let's just say, let's use that word. I'm paranoid. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Why do you feel it's important for you to tell me that I'm paranoid? Yeah. You're not in my shoes. You're not in my life. You live your life and you live in your little bubble. Keep your comments to yourself yeah. unless they're beneficial. Yeah. You telling me what you think of me isn't beneficial to anybody but yourself, you selfish fuck. So <laughs> keep your mouth shut yeah. and let's move on. And you know, it, uh, it makes me think, I learned a new term in this last year called the normalcy bias. Whereas most people assume everything's going to, oh, yesterday was this way and today's this way and tomorrow's that way. And, and they make long-term decisions based on the fact their brain assumes everything is going to follow this normalized pattern. And then people right. like me and you are like, but sometimes things happen that are yes. going to completely wreck that. Yeah. And even if you're just like, let's sort of pivot to the, the business thing. A lot of people will say, if you want to be successful, you have to learn to pivot. You want to yep. do this, didn't work, you got to go that way. Pivot. So yep. the same is for self-defense. It's sure you live in a nice, safe place, but you need to be aware that at any point. Yep. For example, when I grew up in Richmond when I was young, there were very few Asians. And now it's almost it all. Is, and by that, it's I'm, all Asian. Yeah, now. Chinese. Yeah. Nothing against my girlfriend's Chinese. I'm just putting that, right? Yeah, um, yeah. 
So it, it doesn't bother me, but there is a distinct cultural difference. And now a lot of people don't know how to behave anymore because it's, they never sort of integrated and, and nobody saw it coming and everyone just like doesn't know what to do with it anymore. <laughs> you know? Okay, but when you have a, a, an area where the street signs are in on the bottom are in Chinese, yeah. okay, then you can say that, hey, the, there's a strong demographic of that culture there. You know, in, in East Van, there's a huge portion where there's, I believe at least, maybe not anymore, but there was East Indian on the bottom or East yeah, Indian man. was written on everywhere. At the end of the day, you've got, you've got these things that are happening. I'm not, I don't know what the bias that you just said, bias, normal, Normalcy normalcy, bias. Bias, yeah. it's, I don't know what the fuck that even means. And I'm not going to investigate a lot of time to try to understand it. Cause I definitely don't agree with it. Mm. My only normal should be getting up and appreciating the fact that I was breathing today. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing and that like, okay, I'm alive today. That's the one thing that I would hope that I become kind of, I want to, I want to be always happy that i that's my normal because i have gone days without having to be able to breathe and it's not a good thing okay but aside from that isn't life supposed to be like pivoting like that whole pivot life is supposed to be a fucking roller coaster of ups and downs and shit storms yeah like that's called life yeah the fact that you can't adapt to change adapt to differences that are happening is the is where our culture as a species is failing miserably Yeah. because of the fact that we're not, we're in our little bubbles. No, 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 no. I'm watching. This is my TV and this is my world and everything in here is this. I can't possibly open my eyes and pivot to the left, to the right, to the center, to the Northeast by Southwest. I can't do that. Yeah. Okay. So this is where we're going to agree to disagree and I'm going to move on with my life and you have a good, yeah. you have a good day. Take yeah. care. You know, right? it's funny that, like, um, one of, I did I did this thing a while back uh, called Camp My Way. Uh, a friend of mine, Terence Kosker, he um, he was the first responder who responded to um, the guy who went splat on the skeleton track in the 2010 Olympics. And okay, yeah. He basically yeah. got PTSD and uh, realized nobody gives a shit about first responders. <laughs> and because of him, they actually changed the law. But he went back to nature and he's got a cabin in like some small town in the middle of BC. And he developed, realized that getting away from all this stimulus and just going yeah. and relaxing can cal- calm things down. And I realized, Oh, like this is great. And so I, now I have a truck. Well, the back of my truck has at any point I can jump in that truck and sleep right. in my back and actually got f- enough food for two weeks. And people are like, you're paranoid. I'm like, hey, you know how we're always talking about that big earthquake that's going to hit Vancouver? Yeah, yeah, I can just hop in my truck and fuck off for two weeks while you're all stuck here yeah. freaking out, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like people will call that paranoia. It's like, no, I'm just casually prepared. I'm not like prepping. I just have it ready. I can just hop in and go if I need to, you know? You know right, I- but why, why is it a bad thing that you are prepped? Yeah. Like, like there are, again... There's extremes with everything. I don't believe in extremes because there's got to be a little bit of fucking gray matter there. Yeah. An extreme, extreme prepper. Yeah, man, that's that's a little. And I'm around them. I'm in America. Okay. <laughs> I got I got extreme preppers all around me. They're good people that are very, very, very prepared for if, when, depending on how you talk to them, yep. something's gonna happen. If 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 my man here is prepping a little bit. It's not paranoia. It's his world, his life. Who the fuck am I to sit there and call you anything? Yeah. 
the fact that you're not prepared what what does that make you a fucking sheep like that even that term is is not very fucking kind to them yeah you be you i'll be me we'll get together and find a common ground again so i'm going to sound like a broken fucking record but there's a i'd rather talk about what we can find in common versus what we can find that are separating us yeah Again, segregation, I fucking hate it. Yeah. Preppers are this and non-preppers are this. Fuck off with your fucking titles and 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 swimming in your little swimming pool and nobody can fucking cross uh cross breed, cross anything. Fuck you. Fuck all of that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I and and like for example, you have an Asian young lady that you're dating. Well, fuck, that's uh that's not good. The yeah. Asian people should breed with asian people white people or jewish people should only breed with jewish people hey, come on fuck off man grow up everybody just grow up and wake up to the fact that this world needs less separation and more cohesiveness holy chris but now i i was born in the wrong fucking era obviously i should have been <laughs> yeah we a also, violent hippie yeah yeah no yeah. I, I think i would have done well like a long time ago mind you i would have probably been dead because i would have had the glasses i wouldn't have been that athletic <laughs> so it's like you know you get what you're given, so you, you kind yeah, of yeah, true, very true. Um, but yeah, it's it's integrating all that into teaching self defense is 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 uh, it's interesting, you know, because as as a Krav Maga instructor, like I I'm sure you get this is people walk in and like, okay, we're gonna kick the shit out of each other, and then you start doing something slightly different. You're like, oh, I'm trying to make you be able to defend yourself for your whole life, not just yeah. physical. People sometimes yeah. people get very angry when you do that. Like but, I, well, but again, <laughs> when you have expectations, yeah, right. It's it's no different than if you're dating. You go and you date a woman or a boy or whatever, and you're like, "Hey, man, let's go for some need." And your expectation is that you're gonna fuck. Yeah. And then when you find out you're not gonna fuck, you get pissed off because you're like, "Well, I was really thinking we were gonna fuck." Well, hey, man, hold on. Why don't you just take what's being given to you and deal with what you're given? and and evolve from there no 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 no. we have our expectations i want this i want that this is it i deserve this and oh my god it, yeah. it, you deserve a punch in the face with that bullshit yeah. Fuck I, you. Uh, uh, naval ramakan i think said uh uh happiness is where your expectations meet reality or something yeah like and yeah, 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 like yeah. i think people have just loopy expectations of reality yeah <laughs> they, yeah they, cycle it through and that sense of of entitlement like i deserve this and i deserve that and you're not you don't deserve shit yeah. the only thing you you do de well deserve i don't even everything that we have is a fucking gift every and and i'm i'm big on appreciating it you know you know those sand things you know you flip it under and the sand yeah. okay well i'm at the fucking part where the all the sand is at the bottom and i have very little sand at the top so I, my perspective and, and how I view things is a little different than most. Um, every single day that you wake up, it's a fucking, it's a gift. And, and your only job on that day today is to make the most of that gift. Now, when you have expectations or you have not even expectations, but you have a sense of entitlement. Well, let me tell you something. You're one day going to get cancer. Yeah. And one day you're going to watch people die on you. And the longer you live, the more people die on you. And then you start to sit there and see, hey, you know what? I was a fucking asshole. Yeah. And that's the problem with youth, right? It's, it's wasted on the young. Um, 
I have a problem with young people, just like when I was young, people had a problem with me. Yeah. And that's just human, again, human behavior, brother, right? We have not changed or evolved. I wish we could say we have. We haven't. Yeah. Still just because we can go to the moon. Metaphorical clubbing each other over the head, but now it's with keyboards. <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 If we went back to the, to the old ways, though, there'd be a lot less fucking keyboards. I'll tell you that right now. More, more people would be dead. You know, I, I think talking about the death and as you get older, more and more people die. I think that is actually one of the biggest fears driving is fear of the unknown and death. You can see it going on right now. Again, without getting yeah. into it too much, is people are so yeah. terrified about something that is like you can't stop. You can't stop it 100 percent. It's not going to happen, at least in this reality that we live in right now. Maybe in 10,000 years we figure it out. But right now, yeah. no, yeah. And it's just like that fear and the, the ego, like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm mortal and I'm yeah. going to die. And it just drives people to be crazy. Uh, but why though? And my question is why, why are you afraid of death? Yeah. You're so afraid of death that you're not going to live. Yeah. And, and you know, I've had a lot of death in my 50 years. I've had a lot of death. And the more you have death around you, the more you really do appreciate life. And that's where, where I get frustrated with this condition that we're in right now and and just in general the world is so afraid of death and afraid to try things because death 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 everything's death well what the fuck do you think is going to happen yeah do you think that you live forever like you get off of this fucking planet and you're alive like I, I, and i i understand why people are afraid of death like you said they're afraid of the unknown i get i listen i get all of that but it's going to fall on deaf ears because at the end of the day You've wasted so much time being afraid of something that you haven't even lived. And that's where regret comes in. And regret is the cancer of our fucking, of our life. That is the biggest cancer we have is regret. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Which, you know, that's, uh, you hear that a lot in, in variety of teachings from a variety of areas. Uh, I'm still working on that aspect, but, uh, my question to you, cause you've had such a difficult life and, did you always have this perspective or is it, is it been built up or, or, or it's built up over, over years of, 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 of just life experience. And, and that's the reason why I'm so passionate and adamant about these, this type of, of words is simply because of the fact that I have lived with regret. Mm. I have regrets in my lifetime. I have ones that will never change. They'll never go away. They're always going to be there. So my only advice to myself was let's try not to have an, as many like you have let's say i have three regrets yeah. let's try not to make it four yeah you know let's if i'm gonna die when i die on my deathbed i know the ones the ones i'm gonna regret i'm gonna try my best not to have any new ones yeah i remember when I was younger i said i want to live my life in such a way that if someone ever wrote a book about me they could actually write an interesting book <laughs> right know? right yeah yeah and and again I think that everybody should have to write their uh, their eulogy. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. It, when you write your eulogy and you write your, you know, what write what you want to on your tombstone. When you accept the fact that you're going to die and this is what you want people to say about you, and if you haven't got interesting shit to say, it's not too late to go become interesting. It's never too late as long as you and I. Uh, there's a guy, Jason Redman, okay? He's a SEAL. Got blown to fucking shit. I mean, he's just a fucking... He's dead. He's got... Still getting operations to this day. 
And I talk to him on a regular basis and his big thing is, and he reminds me regularly because I have my bad days as well. And he'll constantly remind me, Marcus, it's never too late. It's never too late. Now, if you're 80 and you're having these realizations and you get to live to 85, at least you had five years of that realization. Yeah. Fucking, it's never too late to, to make your life be the interesting way that you want to be remembered by. And that's some fucking Tony Robbins fucking <laughs> shit that people are like, fuck you. And that's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to, I'm not spoon feeding you shit. You're hearing whatever you want to hear. I'm just telling you Marcus's experiences. It's never too fucking late. And I have already fucked up enough and I'm going to spend the rest of my life working so that I don't fuck up any more of it. You're a young man. Young people are listening to this. You don't want to hear it. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. Yeah. Then don't listen to this fucking guy. Whatever. Turn it off. It's okay. You know, yeah. it's all right. It's really interesting what you just said there. Oh, I'm not talking to you. I talk for whatever reason, very generally. And people get very offended because they automatically assume you're talking about them. Oh, but it's to do with their insecurities. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm just yeah. talking general. But when yeah. you talk general, people get really annoyed because they can't interpret it's not about them all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's and that again, the beautiful part about that is 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 what it shows their ego that gets involved and they're you are talking about me. No, I said that the fucking sky was blue. Yeah. What you heard and how somehow the sky was blue affected you and your bullshit. Check yourself. Look in the fucking mirror, you idiot. Yeah, for sure. The world does not revolve around us. Yeah. If at all, we may be just a blip on the radar. Um, oh, fuck. We're, we're so insignificant. And that's where I think people with egos really need to fucking uh, have their, their reality smashed inside of them. Because <laughs> we are so insignificant. Nobody is special. There's nobody on this planet that is so special that we're more special than anybody else. Except Elon That's Musk. He's, he's pretty special. <laughs> Elon <Who>? Musk. <laughs> nah. yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. that's a valid point is that everyone wants to be special. And it's like, you're not special until you do something significant to prove to other people that maybe you are a little different or special. Because we, we always look up like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs. And it's like, you're not them and you're probably never going to be them. So stop trying to right. be them. You know, but, okay. But I'll say this when you're, when you're around, uh, so we, uh, let's use Elon Musk. Okay. And he's a big name. Lots of people are listening to this and they fucking, Oh my God, Elon Musk. When you go to a four-year-old who's got terminal cancer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I walk up to that four-year-old and I've got a Batman toy. Okay, because that kid likes Batman. I always like putting Batman. Marcus likes Batman too. <laughs> Marcus likes Batman. And you sit there and you're like, okay. And then you show the video of Elon Musk and he's doing his cool things. And maybe not four, even 10. Somebody who knows, somebody who's old enough to know who Elon Musk is. Mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're looking at them on their level and you're doing things that makes them happy. Then, then my, my significance to them is special. So, and I use it. I have a problem with, with false idling and I've been guilty of that being in the martial arts. You, you have tons of false idols. You fucking put people on pedestals and you start to sit there and think that somebody's fucking awesome. And the truth is once you get to know them, they're fucking assholes like you and they're not special at all. Yeah. Right. We all bleed shit and cry the exact same way. So nobody's special, but if you can make someone feel special, then your job is done. You've done a good job. If I meet, if I meet your mother, okay. And I walk in 
and she, you know, I make her laugh and I make her have a giggle and you're like, oh my God, Marcus, you're such an idiot. Oh my God, my mother's laughing in a way I haven't heard her laugh in, in 30 years. Yeah. And I walk out of your house with a full belly and we're laughing and she's genuinely happier than before I got in that house, then my job is done. I've done a good thing. Yeah. And that's all that we should be doing. We should be serving our fucking fellow, um, hello, uh, fellow human beings. I should be making the lives of those around me better by authentic truths. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I can say that because I've been on the other spectrum where I've made life miserable for people. Mm -hmm. And if I have a choice by how I've done things in the past and how I do things now, I like how I do things now because I walk away and people are happier after I've left than when I, when I, before I got there mm -hmm. versus in the past where they're thankful I'm gone because I've made their life a fucking absolute shit show hell. Well, I, I definitely need to work on that still. <laughs> I got Well, it's not, it's not too late. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not saying it is. Now, sort of on that note, because I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were heavily involved in the ICAMF uh, dis Disabled Krav Maga program. Or adaptive. Adaptive, adaptive, yeah. Program. So yeah. maybe talk about that a little, because it's sort of yeah. on a similar sort of path of uh, thinking. Well, you know... My son, my son has special needs. He's got cerebral palsy and he's a very severe case of it. He's a quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. So the subject matter of those with special needs is one that obviously is an emotional button for me. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, um, teaching Krav Maga to people who have physical or mental uh, challenges is something that for me is... Uh, is something that I, I'm thankful to God for because I it, it makes me feel like a better human being and not because I'm teaching them. It, I'm selfishly a better human because of what they teach me. Mm -hmm. They show me the truth of what life really is about, well, what's important. And what's really important in my life, because it's not everybody else's, is the ability to get a hug, to, to smile, an authentic smile, and to to see somebody's eyes light up when they're doing something that the normal kids get to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I go to throw a th uh, slap to somebody's face and they have a, a challenge and they're able to do a 360 and they're able to throw a palm heel strike. And the fact that their life, the quality of their life has gone up 100% just with those sheer movements and they're happy, but it's me and seeing what true joy looks like because I don't know what true joy is because I got evil in my heart and I'm angry a lot of the times. When I can get that true joy, I selfishly steal that and I keep it for myself because it makes me a better human being. Mm -hmm. And that's where adaptive Krav Maga has been for us in the IKMF has been uh, the best course that I ever took in my lifetime. The best course I ever took was the adaptive course. It changed everything about how I teach. It, touched, it changed a whole bunch of other things, not to get too deep and scare people, but just on a teaching level, it changed me completely. It changed how I view Krav Maga. It changed uh, how I am and how I interact. Oh, it was the fucking best thing I've ever done. Yeah, because it's an interesting topic because so you can approach it and it, obviously it depends on what the person has and what's going on. Because like I have a friend who's, who lost his leg when he was younger but he he was a adaptive jiu-jitsu world champion right so yeah. it, with some people you can relatively teach them the same stuff as uh what word do you prefer for like abled or whatever oh, but, well okay so you got so you got a guy that lost his leg uh from birth 
like, like um, yeah, one more accident like I don't yeah but I mean he's how old is he now uh probably uh, mid 40s I guess he lost okay, it when did, or something yeah when did he lose his leg like two or three I think something like that right so basically as far as he knows his normal is to have a leg missing mm-hmm. yeah so you throw me you say okay you got to run track you got to do for people that have challenges at birth then to them it's not any big deal they're just like fuck whatever i gotta i just gotta find a, a better creative way to deal with things yeah when you're again if you have somebody that's in a wheelchair yeah. okay they're stuck in that wheelchair they're they're paralyzed or whatever they they know they know who they are and how they're going to how susceptible they are to violence they're not really learning from a gut because they think they're going to fucking kick somebody like yours ass. They, they don't know that. They know where they are in the food chain. Mm-hmm. This is about improving the quality of their life. Mm-hmm. This is about them smiling and feeling good from the inside because they can do something that they thought was impossible for them. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Yeah. Many times I've said it in every course in the last 10 years, for sure, I've been saying it. Most of the stuff I teach has nothing to do with Krav Maga. Yeah. The Krav Maga is fucking, that's, that's the, the end result. I don't give a shit about the Krav Maga. Anybody can do fucking Krav Maga. Yeah. It's changing the inside of you and looking through new eyes at what you're capable of doing and, and, and changing something you thought that was unchangeable. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with adaptive athletes, listen, I don't have to teach an adaptive athlete heart, determination, and fortitude. I don't have to teach them that because they got so much of that. We could fucking use some of that. Yeah. I have to teach them finding out ways that they can do the Krav Maga. And the few cool part about that is I'm no longer in a fucking box. Yeah. I got a guy with one leg missing. Okay, well, you know what we're not doing? We're not doing front kicks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I might, you might attack somebody with that little nub of yours, but for the most part, everything's going to be done. From the uh, uh, from the waist up, yeah. So I don't care what you can't do; I care about what you can do. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just how you approach injury. Like, oh, my arm hurts today. Okay, don't use that arm today. (laughs) Use the other one. Well, yeah, it's not fucking (laughs) rocket science. Yeah. So, so when it comes to teaching and Krav Maga and all that fucking stuff, what matters most is again is that what can you do. And then what you can do, we maximize that. That's all I give a shit about. Yeah. Well, you know, you said, I think, particularly from the Israelis, I think one of the things lack, like, Kramaga is not a martial art. However, that does not mean you can't bring in aspects of it. And, you know, the thing that you're saying that a lot of what you teach isn't Kramaga. And I think that's lacking in a lot of Kramaga schools is let's build people up. You know, I try to do my best. I'm not the best at that aspect, but I'm trying um, because I think it's super important that people should come and be better versions of themselves because not everyone's going to be the top athlete. Not everyone is, is going to do that. And it's just about being better a little bit. And I find the various schools of Krav Maga that are focused on the aggression. And if we're talking, we're not doing Krav Maga properly. And I, I think that aspect is lacking from a lot of organizations or schools. Uh, yeah, well, and I would I, I agree because of the fact that Krav Maga is viewed as some something that is about ass kicking and groin stomping and all that, and I I'm, and I'm cool with that part of it. Yeah. Any any it's you know what it's the same as shooting. Okay, 
you go and you learn, you have a handgun, you go, you learn the fundamentals and you pull the trigger and everything, bang. And you're like, wow, okay. And that's great. But are you feeling, are you doing anything in those things? Skateboarding. I don't give a shit what the subject is. Are you doing something that's improving the quality of your life inside? Yeah. And are you walking out of the, 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 the classes? Are you walking out of the classes in a way that um, is, is making you a better, I don't want to say a better human being, but a better version, like you said, a better version of you, yeah. are you? And if not, then you should be. And as an instructor, my job is to make you the best version of you. That's the job, right? Yeah. Well, I'd say one of the uh, proudest moments of my, I had all well, this person still around. So if they're listening, I'm not going to use your name, but they came to me as a teenager where they had severe anxiety, couldn't talk to people or be around people. Okay. And I built them up to be the point where they could teach in front of a class. And that was Outstanding. My, 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 the days that I, like, I should quit this school and shut it down. It's like, no, I can't do that because of things like that. Uh, right. Now, my style is very different, and a lot of people hate how I teach, so they don't come, but it's like, that in itself to me is, is, is worth continuing doing, right? Stuff like that. I'm sure similar for you. Yep. Agree a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Yeah. The only thing that I, I've got, like, I've got a fair share of people out there that are not big Marcus Torgerson fans. Well, that'll okay? be for anyone, by the way, everyone hates someone. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you, if they don't hate you, you haven't done something, uh, you haven't made enough of a stand. But we talked about when we're dead, right? We're dead and we want to sit there and what are we going to be remembered for? I'm more happy about the fact that the amount of people that hate me versus the amount of people that got something positive from my teaching, hmm. the scale is going to be more in the favor of people who got something good out of my presence in their life. Hmm. And the people that didn't, fuck them. What, why do I care about that? that that's like thinking about the girl that doesn't want to date you why the fuck am i going to think about that there's a lot of wasted wanna... energy on that by the way <laughs> a lot of yes teens. <laughs> i agree but but again i might want to find out why so yeah. that i can improve but once i find out that information and improve fuck it what do i give a shit i don't care about who doesn't like me i'm gonna give i'm gonna spend the energy on the people that do like me and that do want to be in my life fuck the people that don't jesus yeah. life's too goddamn short yeah, I think what mimics something I heard recently was uh, who cares about the opinions of people that you don't even respect? You know, yep. the people you respect are the people who whose opinions should matter the most kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to steal Christian Bale's line. It's uh, if you've got a problem with me, call me. If you don't have my number, obviously you're not that important to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true, right? Right. Well, you're unable to contact yet. It's yeah, like, fuck them. You know, with students... Uh, I know for a fact, I'm sure this is all martial arts instructors, the students that come in and start talking big about how much they're going to train. Oh, yeah. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you just yeah. go up, do, you know, and it's, it's like people talk too much shit as far as they believe their own bullshit. Yeah. Um, and it's the same. Like, dude, don't tell me why you're not going to come. Just say it's not that important to you. So yeah. Just say, you, yeah. With, if yeah, you're it's not, not a priority. You're not that important to me. Like it's just yeah. Crazy. At least own it. Yeah. And and sit there and say, hey, listen, I don't, I can't come and train because 
um, watching my fucking Netflix is more important. Okay, right on. But nobody will say that because they know it's such an asshole thing to do and say. But whatever, man. You know, I need, as as a school owner, I need a thousand people that talk tough and pay their dues and never show up. I need a thousand of those so that the two people that come every fucking class are the ones that I never make money off of because they earn their membership. You know, if they're paying $90 a month and they come every single day, I'm making about fucking 10 cents per class off of them. I need those other people so that I can spend the time with those awesome, beautiful students who really want to improve. Yeah, makes sense for sure. Yeah. No, I... Question, is this website of yours brand new or has it been a, been around for a while? The market's- No, no, no. It's brand new. It's uh, It was started and it's fucking so funny. I didn't have any like website or anything. I didn't do anything with it because I just, I don't, even though I like to talk, I actually don't like to shine the light on myself that much. Mm-hmm. And this book that I was in, the owner of the book, the guy who did the book said, he goes, uh, I'll never forget his name's Clint Emerson. And he he's phoned me and he's like, All right, books coming out this time. Uh, you have a hundred days, a hundred days to get a fucking website together so that people, when the book is done, will have somewhere to go to find you. Yeah. hundred days. And I was like, oh my God. I fucking I panicked like a bastard. Thankfully, a good friend of mine, also from Vancouver, Brent Limer. Uh, he was like, don't worry about it. We'll square it away. And so now we have the website and it worked yeah. well. But unless I had that gun to my head and had this <laughs> and this guy, like you got a hundred days, get your shit together. I would never have done it. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. Like I've been uh, for me, for example, I've been wanting to go online for a long time, but I'm like, how do I do it? And COVID forced me to like get your ass, get stuff online, get it out there. And I've been yeah. on the online content because that's the future. Like I, especially in Vancouver, uh, well, right now I don't have very many students, but let's say the max students for Krav, I could probably get it any one time is like a hundred people. Um, yeah. but that's not enough to really live in this fucking expensive no. city. So it's no. like, you know, got to go global and, and make your voice out there, but it's a beautiful yeah. that you have for sure. What does it say on the, the main page? Walk with peace in your heart, love in your soul and violence in your head. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that's pretty much sums up everything that my, uh, when it comes to teaching, I usually just send them to those words because that, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, it sums you up. Now, the, the 100 yeah. deadly skills thing, like, tell me about that because I, I saw it on your feed, but I wasn't really sure. So there's a guy named Clint Emerson, a uh, retired SEAL, uh, spy, fucking full-on just badass dude. Well, he came up with these books, I'd say about three or four years ago, maybe six years ago, called 100 Deadly Skills. And the idea is that there's skills to help with certain things. Like, I'll go, my favorite one is how to dispose of a body. It always makes me laugh. You don't really need to know how to do that. But how to get out of handcuffs, uh, how to make improvised bulletproof uh, situations. There's there's an urban one of how to... uh, if you're in a foreign country, best way to try to make sure you don't get kidnapped. And they're all done in drawings, right? They're all done in hand drawings by this awesome artist. So the third book, the one that he did with that I'm in is called the hundred deadly skills combat edition in which he got 16 like fucking legends. I well, 15 legends and me <laughs> and every, like Tony Blower's in there, like some really big fucking names. Hmm. 
Now, here's the cool part. We still have the drawings, okay? This comic book artist named Tom Mandrake did the drawings. And this time, though, all the bad guys, all the people that we're beating up, were historically horrific individuals. So my section, the drawer, the artist, every time the bad guy gets beat up, it's Hitler. <laughs> so like my my legacy is done like i can i could die a happy man now because i'm palm healing striking uh i'm taking a gun defense i'm kicking the shit out of hitler yeah. <laughs> so first of all that's one cool part of the book now the second part the technology part is there's qr codes on every page mm. and when you hover your phone over the qr code it directs you to videos of every technique in the book oh, that's cool very fucking cool yeah now, an offshoot of the 100 Deadly Skills is there's a network called the Warrior Poet Society Network. And it's basically a guy named John Lovell who's fed up with the society's censorship of Everything. information. <laughs> um, so he came up with this Warrior Poet Society Network. Now, originally when Clint did this book, he traveled all around America meeting up with each of us during COVID of all fucking things. Not and he originally was going to sell it to Netflix. Netflix had been curious about this fucking Navy SEAL traveling around the fucking country for these different skills. Netflix skipped on it. So, uh, worry. Oh, wait, cause they realize not to interrupt, but they realize that the people that they're talking about do not agree with the politics that are at Netflix. And that's right. Do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, that's really the, probably the real reason why. Um, so he ended up, we ended up doing these, uh, episodes, which are every Friday night and they're like 30 minute episodes. Um, and where he interviews us and then we do our techniques. So there's been some spill off of since being on this book that's been very cool, like on a professional egotistical standpoint, it's been very cool to be a part of that and to be a part of these fucking absolute legends. Like, I mean, fucking legends. Um, do you know Five Finger Death Punch, the band? I've heard of it, but I'm not like- Okay, you know. well, the owner, the lead singer is a guy named Zoltan, who's this immigrant from the, I think from, uh, I think Czech Republic. I, I could be fucking that up. Sorry for anybody who's like, no, he's from a different country. Anyways, he's very much a pro-America. Loves. He knows what socialism really is about. Yeah. But he's a, a judo black belt and a, a black belt in jujitsu. Mm. And he's uh, his girlfriend is one of the Gracies. Right. So this guy's fucking like, not only is he a true rock star, I mean, a real rock star, but he's also badass at fucking being, uh, doing judo and jujitsu. So yeah. it's, I mean... I'm just going to say this to everybody. Go, no matter what, if you're into martial arts, this combat edition, there's so much great information in it. The 25 bucks you spend, it's worth 2,500, 25,000. You couldn't possibly go and learn from all the guys in this book in one year. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's my, uh, it's my highlight of my uh, teaching professional situation. Yeah, for sure. From the days of teaching in uh, a not quite finished <laughs> building in uh, in a location that's hard to get to. <laughs> that's right in Burnaby. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Funny how things turn out. Yeah, it's a shame that didn't work out. It's uh, Vancouver. Yeah. Is very. You see, like you see, which schools are succeeding and which schools are not, and which are coasting. And it's like I never would have thought that one would have succeeded or that yeah. one would have gone under. And unfortunately, you know, yep. because of the idiotic 
government here, several schools have gone under. I, I yeah. for sure in the jujitsu community, Kramaga is kind of like there's not that many schools anyway, so we all kind right. of survive regardless. Um, right. But it's like you know, you get the the ones that know how to do the marketing and yep. the connections. They explode and cater towards the people who aren't really willing to learn the proper yep. stuff. Are the ones yep. that are the best often, not always, but right. quite often. Well, I mean, and it works. Yeah. You know, they're still they're still in business, so. That and that's where you know what you just have to be authentic to yourself and be yeah. and be okay with whatever you're doing because if you're okay with it, everything will work out in the end. Oh, pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely been a journey for me the since then to now. Like, if you'd asked me being a kid, I don't know about you, it's like, would you be teaching? First of all, I, I didn't respect teachers growing up, so there's that, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, it turns out I'm actually pretty good at it. Uh, yeah, and then I started doing this. I never would have thought this is what I'm doing. And of course, you know, everyone's like, you should be a lawyer or a doctor. And I probably could have, but I'm just like, I don't want to do that stuff. Yeah, that's not you. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I never would have in my lifetime thought that I'd uh, I'd be doing what I did and doing for a living. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. curious because I just thought of it because you are with IKMF, but do you ever cross train with other organizations or are you sticking pretty much... I mean, well, when I go to these countries and I'm working for, you know, I'm doing my job, um, I, I open I open the doors to anybody. When I'm doing seminars or if there's training available, if anybody wants to come, I don't give a fuck. Mm. Um, I, I know I'm blessed that I know most of the big names in the Krav Maga world. Yeah. And if I'm in their country or in their city, I, I'll go and fucking break bread with them. And if there's a training opportunity, I'm definitely going to fucking do it. Um, the truth is, is that when I do my job, I I'm on groundhog day. I fly in, go to the hotel, then go to the training place, training place, hotel, training place, hotel for however many fucking days or weeks I'm in that country. And then I fly out. So, yeah. you know, people have said, well, when do you get a chance to train? Well, unless there's a class going on after my course, um, that I can dive into, you know, I'll, I'll do it. But if I got to go and travel two hours to some guy's school, to go and train i'm already putting in 10 12 hour days teaching these courses yeah. um it's just not going to happen so yeah. it's not that i don't want to it's just not logistically feasible yeah a couple of things that like when i travel I always bring a gi and of course if i travel with my girlfriend my idea that i'm going to get all this training in is not <laughs> not always there uh I, right I fit in at least one but that is certainly something that happens I, i've noticed this is that i've i've had some instructors under me and then it's like they stop doing when they start teaching oh, and then you. they get upset because they don't, they enjoy the doing more than they enjoy the teaching. And then, yeah. and I started telling you, if you want to teach, you have to, in, you might not like it yet, but you have to enjoy it doing both because yeah. then you just end up with these miserable teachers who don't even enjoy that aspect. You know, for yeah. me training, I, to be honest right now, I train more jujitsu than anything. Because yeah. that's what I get the enjoyment. Like I would say, my my passion is Krav Maga. My love is Jujitsu. If that makes sense. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, of course. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, because you teach instructors all over the world. Like, do you run into that issue or the, the instructor? Oh yeah, it's. I, I think that that's a, just a symptom of human behavior. Like yeah. that is a human behavior. You want the you want to get to the goal of being an instructor, and then what it took to become an instructor. Then you rest on your laurels. And then you don't end up doing it and you wonder why your students surpass you or you start sucking is because you don't train. Yeah. 
that whole thing about always be a white belt is, I think it should be applied to every aspect of our lives, but definitely no matter what, as an instructor, you're always a white belt. I may have a bit of information that I can pass on to others, but at the end of the day, I'm no different than anybody else. Like I am no fucking different. I happen to wear some cool fucking different colored uniform or whatever than you, but at the end of the day, I'm no different than you. I got to learn just like everybody else. Fact. Yeah. You know, I actually yeah. don't have a problem. I hope my students are all better than me because that means I did something right as an instructor, yep. I think. And I always found, like, some people, I think the guys who are, like, the natural or girls, the natural athletes who are always at the top and, like, they cannot in their head accept someone being better than them all of a sudden and they, they drives them a little nuts sometimes. Well, that fucking, that type of ego is unacceptable. Yeah. When I got my black belt in karate, I remember my instructor coming up and I, I said something about, oh, I don't think I'll be as good as you or whatever. And he was adamantly angry. He was like, if you're not better than me, when I, when he got a black belt, so we're comparing black belts when I got mine and he got his, if I'm not better than him, then he failed as an instructor. And that's, I think that that's the bottom line. If I'm not, if you as my student are not better than me at that level of development, then I, yes, I, I suck. And I should get a fucking slap in the face because mm-hmm. otherwise then I'm stifling you and, and to make myself feel better. That's some bullshit right there. People like that should get slapped. There's a lot of them. <laughs> well, yeah, they should all get slapped. So it's, I've seen it way too much. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Ego and martial arts. I just wrote a blog series on ego and martial arts. And, you know, it's like the, the, the idea of like Bushido code. I'm like, do you, do you know where Bushido code came from? It's not where you think it came from. And it's right. like, you no, know, back in the day, the, the 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 samurai would. You want me to do what? I'm not gonna die for that. Like, I mean, obviously yeah. in the Japanese way they did. Yeah. It, but it, it, yeah. There's a lot of myths and ego delusions in in martial arts. You know, the, oh, often you'll get from you know Asians the traditional Asian martial arts very respectful. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just heard about a like a gym versus gym where they put a guy in the hospital and ruined his MMA career because he said the wrong thing to him. Don't talk to me about yeah. bullshit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> I've been, I, the martial arts community in general, I, I will always kind of have my, uh, my own opinions about it because literally martial arts has been something that I've, I've ate, slept and drank for over 40 years. And whenever we start to put anybody on a pedestal, that's where you're going to have a fucking problem. Now I've trained, like I've been able to train with, uh, uh, Dan Inosanto, okay? Like, that guy's 80-something years old. Legitimate fucking legend. Mm-hmm. That is the most humble motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. And if I can be one-tenth, one-one-thousandth of, of an instructor that he is, mm-hmm. then I can die a happy man. Because the, the egos that come in with martial arts, I, first of all, the fact that we're putting ego and martial arts, we're talking about human behavior and human interaction. Ego is the killer for our species in general in general so whether it's the lawyer martial artist cop it doesn't matter at the end of the day you're a fucking asshole and an asshole is an asshole and it doesn't matter what we're doing or when we're doing it you're an asshole yeah and fuck you you know it doesn't matter i uh i did a seminar with dan and uh francis fong it was an interesting seminar. You know, you just get to meet these people that you see all over the place. And yeah, of course, I cannot dual wield collie sticks no oh, matter fuck. how hard I try. I'll yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> but and again, for me, it wasn't about the the what he was teaching. I didn't go to learn Eskrima or Anise yeah. or any of that other stuff. 
I was watching him conduct a seminar and my job, the only thing I wanted was to learn a better version of how to give these seminars and workshops. And I got that tenfold, tenfold, it fucking was fantastic. And that's a big reason why I go to most of these like workshops or seminars. I'm usually not going for the ne- the technique necessarily, because at the end of the day, a punch is a punch, a kick is a kick. Mm. Maybe you've got a, a different way of teaching it that I can, I can learn and steal from because that's what I do. Um, but other than that, I don't need to learn fucking a new way to throw a punch. It hasn't changed in 10,000 years and it's not going to change in the future. 10,000, a punch is a punch. A kick is a kick. Yeah, no, that's true. I do that. Cause like learning how to teach is a hard skill and you pick up little tricks and things from various, you know, I, you know, I go to Krama guy instructors who I'm like, yeah, I could kick the shit out of them, but, uh, they're teaching something that I don't, I never thought of it like that. And yeah. Yep. And so their job is done. They've done a good job. Then if you learn something from it, then fucking right on. They've, they've been successful in what they've, uh, what they were supposed to do. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like for one of the reasons, well, there's many reasons Kramaga struggles in North America is that, and I'm not for competition. I do not support competition for Kramaga because of history, but people want to learn from the best and we don't really per se have that because the average person can't go see who the best is per se yeah. and yeah. but you know i think that's the wrong approach it's like who is who's the best at developing you but the average yeah. person doesn't they just don't see it like that and yeah. so i get yeah. i occasionally get athletic students who they don't feel challenged because there's no outlet for them and mm-hmm. they board and leave and it's like well i think you missed the point but it's like, yeah what do you do with that you know yeah but and again I'm in Surrey, you, you can hear <laughs> No, well, yeah, but I think that the biggest problem with, with, and again, you get somebody who's like, well, I'm not feeling challenged or, or, or doing enough. Okay. Well, as a teacher, my job is to stimulate you, but my main job is to protect or educate you on how to fucking protect yourself. And if you think that you're that good because you're athletic and that you can, you know, Bob and we even do all these cool things. Awesome. And then when you get a Heineken bottle from the back of your head and they split you open, you show me how much your athletics are going to fucking help you then when you're in a fetal position, shitting and pissing your pants because you're getting boot stomped. So again, those, those that are going to learn from you will learn. And those that don't want to learn will go off into their, whatever their journey is, man. You can't, you can't save the world. Oh, definitely not. Not not right now. So I'm no, just like, no learn martial arts and gets guns has been my theme for the last year. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, sad but true. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, I am super pissed that there's so many people who think you don't need guns, and I'm just like, listen, it could sit on the shelf for, I wish you to train with it. I hope you train with yeah. it. Yeah. But if you need it and don't have it and can't get it because a certain dipshit PM with good hair is trying to take them away from you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like people are so like I some of my family they think I'm nuts because they're like oh guns are bad I'm like why, like what's the problem they just have them there yeah <laughs> well you're in the states you can just run around yeah well hey, listen we can't really say that because everything's uh, here in the states it's a shit show as well so that's true that's true yeah right so I, and I think that the hardest part I have with regards to anybody from a political standpoint that tries to tell any man or woman what they can or cannot do to fortify themselves safety wise is you're not going to be there to save me so who the fuck are you to try to tell me how i can protect me or my family 
Yeah. And and that's an argument, you know, arguing about it is ridiculous because whatever somebody's opinions are, that's one thing that you will never change my opinion on. You can never tell me how someone should be allowed to protect their family or not protect their family. If you are so anti-violence and you just will not do it, you believe that everything is going to work out good for you. I'm not going to try to change your mind about it. Do what you need to do. I respect what you need to say, do the same for me. And then we'll, again, we'll live a good life because not everybody's, not everybody's supposed to get along or believe that's not my, that's human beings have never, they've agreed to disagree for years. When do we have fucking problems? When we've not agreed to disagree and stood our ground and said, no, this is the way it must be. Well, then that's when you get fucking bullshit problems. Oh, yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. I'm like, we don't need more laws. We just need simple, don't be asshole laws. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And one. being in mind that, that human beings are always going to be, there's always going to be assholes and fucking idiots in our society. That's just the way that we are. Yeah. It's no. been that way forever. For sure. So we're coming up on three hours. No. All rest. right. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you'd like to talk about? No, I mean, we covered the book, which is obviously from a professional standpoint. Uh, I hope that everybody will go and buy the, buy the book because it's, uh, and you can get it from Amazon or Barnes and Noble. I don't know if we don't, ch chapters, I guess, would have it. Do um, they even exist, real bookstores? I don't even know. I don't even, I don't even talk about that. Um, but you can get it from Amazon and it's, uh, it's user friendly. Everything in there is, there's nobody on earth that will get the book and be like, there's nothing in there for me everybody will get something from it it's a uh, and if nothing else i'm kicking it hitler's ass so fucking support that <laughs> a real nazi not just that. a real nazi yeah not like the <laughs> not like the other ones yeah and so the yeah no uh marcus targuson.com yep put it in the yep. and then the socials are the you know my name on the socials let's see yeah i'm easy to find everything's public so you know it's not like i have a very transparent uh social media platforms yeah, I, as I can see, it's good. Yeah, though, authentic, right? Okay, yeah. so I'll just I'll hit end on the recording and and thanks for. Okay. Well, thank you. You're listening to the Warriors Day. Warriors Day, brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions.